0: Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen
1: in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everybody, and welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson And uh, Carl, do you remember that one time
0: that Cuba Gooding Jr. told us everything we ever needed to know about life And Robin Williams made us believe it? Yeah, absolutely Remember that?
1: Yep and, and just feeling just like Yes that everything makes sense now Everything is locked into place i was smiling I know that Death is not the end Like the, all the answers To all the questions To the life universe Everything are oh not my 42 God. But they are Here for us
0: You're getting past the fear What fear? The fear that yeah, The fear that you disappeared You didn't
1: you're only you're only, yeah, you, you only you're died Yeah you only died Yeah you only died Like
2: Uh huh <laughs>
1: So this movie What dreams may come 1998 98 Direct Deep in the military at this point. Deep in the military. Yeah, I did was you see two. it when it came out? I did. This was one of the movies that I was able to see on base. Um, I feel like I was still in A school. What's A school? A. So, so you I finish, forget what branch? Oh, you were, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was in the Navy. So you were Navy. SEAL yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I saw a couple Navy SEALs. <laughs> um did they take your lunch money? <laughs> they kind of did. He's like, Petty Officer so Harley, we we're going to need your lunch money. Ah, uh, fuck you, Miss. Oh, you were Navy SEAL. Never mind. No, I was. Here uh, you go. Here you, you go. Here's my lunch money, Navy SEAL. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Alright, so you saw
1: this on base I saw this on base I feel like I was So A school is a secondary school You finish boot camp And then you go to your Specialized training school After that mm-hmm. So I was in Pensacola, Florida Learning like aircraft shit Sh- and, <laughs> you Specialized know, in specia- aircraft shit I you? specialized in aircraft shit Good You'd be surprised how much Shit there
0: is shit on an there aircraft Shit there is on an aircraft <laughs> I'll
1: tell you Oh boy But uh, so I feel like This is one of the movies That was playing at that time And I went to see And then bought Immediately on VHS and had in my barracks room when I was stationed in Norfolk and just watched all the time. What was your?
0: Because we we've this is some of these movies we've never seen before. Some of us yeah. only one, but this is one that we shared. We've yep. both seen this yep. film. Do you remember your initial reaction to it? Because um, how old were you in 1998? 90, like, 98. I yeah, was when was you first 19, saw it. 20 or 21. Okay, I think I was probably like 15 or 16 mm-hmm. when I saw this. I yep. saw it way after it came out because it came out when I was eight. But yeah, yeah, so I, but I saw it in I saw it in high school. Do you remember how you reacted to this movie the first time you saw it?
1: Uh, I, I do. I remember. Well, being in the military at the time of seeing this movie, too, was a little interesting because this deals with like death and what happens after death and you're separated from your family. I was stateside, but still it's like going to the worst summer camp ever.
2: <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> yeah. OK, but um so there's a lot of that deals with family. It deals with relationships. Um, I hadn't had a serious relationship at this point in my life either. Mm. I was a very late bloomer sure. Uh, as far as like relationships working out or, you know, quote unquote, falling in love. So I, I hadn't had that life experience yet, but I was old enough to like understand it. Mm. So with being separated from my family and not having, but having a desire for that kind of relationship, like a soulmate who you would go through heaven and hell to find. Right. I was in such a, I was in a point in my life where that is all I wanted and I'm a whole romantic anyways you know creatives tend to be yeah. so yeah. uh so I just left I remember feeling overwhelmed we talked about this last week with awakenings but just overwhelmed with hope right that was that's, like my biggest takeaway was like man you know it's sort of been a thesis for some of the, some of our episodes and there's a through line in a lot of our of our episodes this season yeah with like um With Jim Jarmusch's uh, Only Lovers Left Alive and Awakenings, both having a similar message, but from different sides of the spectrum, like eternal life versus not having very much time at all and being able to appreciate life. Where this movie is about its okay And with the differences,
0: focusing on the same thing. Yeah. Using uh, opposite arguments to argue the same point. To argue the same point. I agree. And then this is
1: like the nucleus of that whole thing, which is like no matter what your perspective is and how you're trying to appreciate all these wonderful things in life, maybe hoping to find that soulmate, knowing where your children are, knowing that sort of everything is okay. I mean, you can get fucked up. Hell is a very real thing in this movie. And it's brutal. But you can go back and do it all again. Like, there's
0: there's something I want... Before we get too far away right. from it, I feel in a lot of ways that this is like a sister film. Because mm-hmm. if, if there's three films that are like intrinsically tied together that we've covered so far in season one. Did have
1: some sort of thread,
0: yeah. Only Lovers Left Alive, Awakenings, and this one. Because Only Lovers Left Alive says, basically... When you have all the time there is Ultimately you realize that all the big shit Doesn't matter and you like sift It's like um uh like prospectors Yeah, panning yeah a river. you find those
1: nuggets Of and gold in the, the life of, that was yours
0: Right and the nuggets of gold in only lovers left alive and awakenings is the all it's the little things It's like you get so swept up in life that you Miss the little moments that you should appreciate mm-hmm. It's always the little details of life that are Cherished in those films and in this one It postulates when you have no time left Because you're dead and you look back on life, because I think it's important to note that in this movie he, Even though he can't die, they make a, there's a, several like one-off jokes or like wry comments about like What do you think he'll kill you? Because they're already, everyone's because dead
1: it, Well, I'm gonna drown, no, you're not breathing air right now You're not, yeah You're, you're pretending you're, because you're used to having done that But you're dead, but you're yeah. dead, you're not So,
0: but I think it's important to note that once he's dead, even though he's in this like this paradise mm-hmm. Or this paradiso Since there's a lot of um, yes. Parallels between this And Dante This, the, this is the like The famous Dante, Dante Dante's inferno to, yeah, yeah this is uh, Very very inferno But I think it's important To note that he is not In life anymore Like His right. life is over We yeah, still he have is the, dead. He yeah. is dead
1: This is the Whatever is left of you Right They actually They They, they talk about what that is but it's they use more like a sense of feeling like, you know that feeling that you have when this happens that is what is left over yeah like, it's like it's the, they
0: kind of talk about consciousness a little right. bit the point i'm getting at though is oh, sorry. is this is after life is so he's he's experiencing all this heaven stuff and there's there's it's visually gorgeous and he's it's there's miracles happening and wonder but what he's always revisiting in his head is his life which is over and done mm-hmm. he's not making new memories of life because he's now a thing outside of it so I think this is sort of the end statement or like the the capstone of. Only lovers left alive in awakenings, mm-hmm. which is when you reflect
1: on your life. This is what you take with you. Yeah. So when and you say you can't take it with you, you do, and that is what you paint your your paradise with.
0: Right. And what he and literally in this what movie. he revisits over and over again aren't the like the big family vacation, or like the extra- It's all the little tiny yeah. details, the little moments. Especially with his children,
1: it was about because you. We find playing chess with his daughter. Yeah, chess yeah. With his daughter. So, so we know that he is dead. I forgot that. So he has the two kids. Right. That they they die in a car accident in like the first five minutes of this movie. I
0: like that they kept it off screen. Too, and they did. You see, because it makes the, his death that more shocking.
1: You just see the the minivan is driving slowly through like these. The willow trees the where there's a beautiful a tunnel of trees tunnel ever. Trees ever. Mm-hmm. And you just know, it's like when we talked about this last week, when films like everything is fine that you're seeing, but something is informing you that this is not right. <laughs> something is a little wrong here. Something bad is going to happen. I had the exact same feeling. It was that sense of it's knowing. Like you know it's the last goodbye without even knowing the kids are going to die.
0: Yeah. And knowing without knowing, I'd completely forgotten that they even had kids.
1: So did I. I was totally based like, on it. I burned out a VHS copy of this in the military, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, Oh yeah, the kids are dead because they ha- he has to find them in heaven and they that's and the whole adventure. And they're not
0: like and they're different people. Right. And they, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I just totally spaced on that. So yeah. it's like it was the
0: last time we saw them alive, I was like, Oh Yeah. Uh, I know. What did you just
1: say? It's like, wait, what? You don't kill the dogs and you um, don't kill children. You just killed two kids once.
0: Yeah, so if we Let's jump. Oh, I I didn't read the cast. So, I really quick. There, yeah. this is we have some recurring. We have Robin Williams, obviously. <laughs> About Max uh, von Sydow Ma- in this again. <laughs> as soon as I saw his name, that's my first note. Is our boy von Sydow is yeah, back. Yeah. By the way, you know he's still alive.
1: Yeah, eighty nine years old. I was going to say he's. I thought he was ninety. It, yeah,
0: almost. Yeah. Yeah, so he was
1: in Force Awakens.
0: We got. I know. I remember <laughs> the cool little cameo in the beginning. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got Robin Williams, Max von Sydow, Cuba Gooding Jr. Who every. You know, what's weird. I never think ever about Cuba Gooding Jr., but every time I see him, I'm always like, damn, he's a good actor. He's really good. He's really good. And then as soon as the movie's done, you're like, whoop, he's gone out of your head again. Mm -hmm. But it's always such a delight when
1: he pops up. Do you think it's because he's not present right now as much as he was in like 95 to like 2000 was like his heyday? Maybe. I mean, it's like it was Jerry Maguire, it was What Dreams May Come. He did the uh, Men of Valor. Yeah. Not uh, too long ago. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. Like, he's in a
2: lot
0: of military movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that one about uh, the pilots, the World War II pilots. Yeah, Flyboys is it called? I can't remember. But I watched it with my grandma, and again, it's like shit.
1: He's fucking yeah. good. He's he's he. He's fantastic, and especially in this, I just I love him as as.
0: Yeah, like that's that's what I like about him is you see him and you're like, oh, it's Cuba Gooding Jr. But you've already forgotten the last time you saw him when he was able to captivate you with his performance. Right. So it's like every time you just rediscover like what a high caliber actor he is. It's it like, feels good. It's like falling in love all over Kinda, again. You're it like, really oh, is shit, the first wow, time I see him phenomenal. and
1: he's, he's talking to Robin Williams and he's just like, you don't even really see him. He's like it's a a physical a blur. performance. It's just this. His voice, this tone, and you're like, yeah, you're just very happy to meet him again. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then Annabelle uh, Sciora, I want to say. God, I keep wanting to say, is she looks almost exactly like Marissa Tomei? <laughs> she's she does she's very similar. Her yeah. laugh
0: is kind of similar mm-hmm. too,
1: and she laughs a lot in this movie, which
0: I liked. It was a note yes. I liked. Um, she does a she's another one in here who does a great mm-hmm. job, uh, sort of. Well, we'll get into it as we talk about the performance. Directed by Vincent Ward. And we looked up the cinematographer. God damn it. We finally have a cinematographer to pimp. His name is Eduardo... It's not
1: often, Max, but I'm proud of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have did our due diligence just barely. Just barely. Uh, His name's Eduardo Serra. And the reason I specifically looked up the cinematographer this time is because almost... A bunch of my notes like you know you can talk about Like oh everyone's great but mostly this movie Is just a sumptuous visual Feast it is sometimes it's So like richly Beautiful it's on overwhelming. screen Yeah yeah it's al- too um, much. The color
1: overload and
0: it's Like when you and I think intentionally So because mm-hmm. so much of the movie is preoccupied with Art but there are moments Where like a frame you Want to pause it and just look at it And, and admire yes it. it's Fucking gorgeous so he was also the cinematographer for the amazing Daniel Craig vehicle defiance mm. um Ooh. blood diamond with the old the That's old the uh, Leo decap Leo de cap yeah where he uh, is the it's all about blood diamonds the,
1: the diamond trade
2: right <laughs> yeah oh.
0: it's where he d- he does the what's it called that there's a word named Afrikaans yeah yeah he does like this crazy Afrikaans accent the whole movie and it's Fucking cool! Awesome. I don't know if it's accurate at all, but it's probably cool as hell. Um, he did Unbreakable, so he has worked oh, with Mr. Worked Twists with and twist, Turns twist and so Surprise Ending, M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, Shyamalan <laughs> And he also did both of the uh, Harry Potter Deathly Hallows movies. Oh, which, the
1: Deathly Hallows ones look aw- those are stunning. Now the second, I like
0: the second one, and I think that the first one's shot, but. I think the first Deathly Hallows movie is maybe the dumbest thing that anyone ever okay. did. That's the one where uh, all that we see the whole time is Harry Potter and co walking around the woods. Oh, no. Paris. That one's
1: horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's because they shouldn't have split Deathly Hallows into, into two, two movies. movies? Yeah, Because what they did in the first one is they're like, the kids are alone in the woods and they're thinking. And now... They're still doing this
1: <laughs> And Guess where they still Ooh, are Ooh it's
0: Dubby the house elf But but before we get too far <laughs> Into like plot <laughs> right.
1: Let's get the kids Back in you the woods, get in the woods <laughs> so guys, guys, you
0: gotta get them back in the woods guys It's fucking so boring Guys Guys we gotta get them back in the woods And he's throwing on Wide angle lenses And yep. he's using cool color palettes
1: He's doing his best There's, there's only so much to work with <laughs> Look at the trees look Guys at the trees. He shoots a beautiful tree He does <laughs> As we see in this movie See <laughs> what I did there Was looking at my knees Was look at, <laughs>
0: look at the trees Look at the trees Look at the
2: trees Look at the trees
0: <laughs> Those trees, man. Strange little things. <laughs> They're man-made. They're man-made. Um, okay, so I have a question about the beginning of the movie. Sure, go ahead. Why is Robin Williams walking
1: his bride down the aisle? I have that as a note. Yeah? and Is there it's a reason? Because, yes. It's sort of to... Because you find out later that their they're soulmates are a real thing Like that mm-hmm. some souls are entwined so tightly that it doesn't matter how many Where you are or whatever, you will find that person Right Say what you will about, you know, whatever It's cheesy no, but we're
0: both romantics, Carl yeah, Don't I know. You're being cynical I'm doing it again You're posturing Part
1: of me is dead, but it's being resurrected It's okay, okay I yeah. can have a little, <laughs> a tinge of cynicism because I loved it so did I. I think them walking down the aisle is is it was is moment number two. I think when I had to pause it and like recollect because recollect myself right. and like dab the the tears out of my eyes mm. because it's he doesn't want to wait for her to come down the aisle. They want to do it all together. Uh, it's I like not. That. It's breaking from tradition and they're so in love. It's like, honey, I want to want I want to walk down the aisle with you. Right. I don't want to stand there and and wait. And I want you to have to come, uh, uh, let's do this thing together. And the joy on their faces, and they're breaking from tradition, and they're, and it's, it's just them in a nutshell. They don't do anything the way that you're supposed to do it, including saving someone from hell. Not like, just <laughs> the
0: non-traditional thing, though, but one of the, I think, an important side effect of what they've done is it effectively, for the film, erases mm-hmm. their pasts. If you think right. about it, it cuts them off from anything that came before them. His his parents are not. We don't know anything about
1: his childhood yeah, don't or really his know, background. Their backstories know nothing. Nonexistent. They met in the lake in Europe. And by doing and then this again it, on a mountain, it
0: removes them in in a good way. I think mm-hmm. in a good way, it removes them from history because there's no parents. There's no one that came before. Because traditionally, her dad would walk her down the aisle. Yeah. And he's not present at yeah. all. So and you
1: don't see anyone standing on either side of. of there is no like mm-mm. the groom's side and the bride's side. There's it's just none of them. That. It's just so they them. have
0: no friends. One of the one of the the side effects of this is it makes them like this insular
1: thing. Mm-hmm. They have, we assume that they have friends in lives and that they had parents, right? Yeah. But, well, you know, because Robin Williams has the doctor f- friend that was his mentor, right? But which that's is really the only outside. And he doesn't exist as a, as a quote
0: unquote friend. He's, no. a, he's the mentor guide archetype, Yes, which is really interesting because it, it reinforces that soulmate aspect that we come to later when we find out that soulmates are a real thing where you can, com- where two souls are so in this, on the same wavelength. It's like spooky action in the
1: distance. Exactly.
0: Again. We're, yeah, we're right there where they affect each other, even like in death. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So to reinforce that they are this special thing, this one. They have no, there's no friends, there's no lives outside of each other, there's no, hist- there's no past, and there doesn't seem to be a future. We just move through this timeline yeah. with the two
1: of them, and that is all there is, in a strange way. And they don't even really give us much information about them and their relationship. It goes from they meet, they get married, they have kids. The kids die. And then we jump forward. Four years. Four years. And she's working in an art gallery and he's working in like a children's hospital. Uh, hospital. Yeah. Well, and he's, but you get a sense that she's had some sort of like, you trauma. find out later if you, they fill in those they pieces They fill in the four later. years as we go in memories. In memory. But, but when the movie is asking us to feel deeply for these, these two people and their relationship. Mm. Without giving us any real firm things to hold on to, there's no like conversations. We, we have those little moments. It's the boat, their wedding, the kids. Kids die, and then move forward. The forward. car washing thing is, I think, the where they where they
0: establish where they strike a chord mm-hmm. of of um, empathy in the audience. Right. Because what they it's it's one of those scenes where it's like we're a family and we're spraying each other with roses, right. right? And it could have like like it could have just been a cheap trick, but the reason I think it works is the is the color palette. Yeah, is the cinematography because I wrote down it's it is so they're in their yard spraying each other with hoses. I wrote down
1: all the fun timesies. It's yeah.
0: it's well, like it's it's so the colors for me are so rich and vibrant and lush that you're almost not watching the people or what they're doing anymore. You're watching. um you're watching the colors and noting the like the actual mm-hmm. color palette. It was just a little crooked. Oh, fair enough. Just a little crooked. I got it straightened up. Um, it's even when because later we'll have the the brilliant scene where his world is a painting mm-hmm. essentially. But even in life, when they're up, when they're happy. Their, their world is so Bert I think the word, the term for it is like saturated. it's hyper yeah. sat, the colors are hyper saturated. The purples the are
1: like gooey, you almost want to eat them like yeah, you've
0: never seen a tree in reality that's right. as like like fucking beautiful as this. So I think that, that that's important because there's a there's a, an emotional resonance between mm-hmm. the happy times in their life and his version of heaven because you know like his heaven is like this rich Them. It's the lush. dog
1: that they lost when they and it's lush it's their dream house is the house that he finds
0: well i'm specifically talking about the quality the of the quality colors the quality of color okay yeah because gotcha. when cuz when they're happy you know that in the happy times i would say that real life looks almost like a painting because the colors are almost unrealistically like popping and vibrant Gotcha. and i think that that is reflective of his state of mind like they are so fucking happy in these moments that reality has like become a pain, like the the art that they share. Yeah. Um, So I wrote, we were talking about the moment before the kids die in the car crash off screen off camera. Right. There's, we talked about it in the last episode. There's that thing where sudden for no reason you're watching a movie and suddenly you're like, oh, God, he's going to be shot in the next few minutes.
1: Yeah. Right. But nothing has given you the any th- reason to feel. that. I
0: tried way. to pick out what it is because we just talked about it. Yep. I was like because I, I had the feeling I'm like,
1: what is something it about really
0: it? bad right. is going to happen now? But what is it and why do I feel this way? Because nothing's really changed. Nope. but something has a little bit. And it's not necessarily like a change in the world. It's just we're being shown something we haven't seen before, which is a mundane moment in their lives. Because so far their life has been like this: we're spraying each other, and oh, there's and like in
1: like kitchen table shenanigans, and and then like. Oh, Don't forget to do your homework Don't study for your test Like you're seeing that That regular it, kind well, of Well you're dialing Yeah they're dialing it Back into reality mm-hmm. Because
0: everything That we've seen so far Has been like We bumped boats And oh she speaks All these different languages
1: And oh they're both American Oh my gosh and, We met on a mountain I'm like oh my gosh This is crazy right. Which
0: by the way I think that the I think there's a weird Supernatural moment At the beginning When she comes up the hill And she has sandwiches for him Yeah And he goes How did you know I'd be here And her fit There's like a weird thing In her face Where she's like How I did I know didn't. And she goes I didn't And that I think that's that soulmate thing. I don't think
1: she did know. Right. Remember
0: they act in and in the afterlife they act as beacons for each other too. So I think that I think it's interesting where she goes to the mountain instinctively, and then she's even she's confused by like, wait, how did I I, why 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 am I here? here? I love that. I like it too. I absolutely love that. (laughs) But anyway, I think it's Robin Williams is the he is the bit of tension that's injected into the scene because he comes through the door. And he's not... So far, he's just been like the... Goofy. Oh, the door
1: of the car when he's trying to say goodbye to his daughter no, he, and the window's up?
0: No. When he comes okay. into the kitchen... Oh, okay. He's in a suit, which we haven't seen him in a Mm-mm. suit before. So he comes in in a suit, his tie's done up, and he's not He's not like pissed or angry or surly. Is being the dad. Sub, he's a little subdued, and we haven't seen Robin Williams be subdued in this film yet. He's be a normal person. We've only ever seen been them hyper. at the peak of their yes. happiness, and now he's just like... And don't forget, you got that math test. Not unkindly, mm-hmm. but just he's. Why is he? Sub- it's like someone like put a you know like the damper over the yeah, end of the trumpet. They put a
1: governor on him. Yeah, yeah,
0: or like threw a blanket over the speaker, and the sound is right. coming a little more muffled. <laughs> mm-hmm. So th- I think that for me is what created the tension because he sits down and he's not unhappy, he's not unkind, but he's not as happy and ju- like blazingly real, real joyful. Real life
1: has has set in. Right. In so the film. Uh,
0: director credit uh, Vincent Ward. So Vincent Ward lets us fall out of like that heightened place of joy for a second, and because it's been so sustained for so long, all we've seen is this like meat cute and like yeah. two people who are like stupid in love. And now he's like, I'm gonna go to work pretty soon, kids, and you better ace that test and. Oh, you know, don't forget your mother packed healthy things in here. So you better not trade it. Don't trade them
1: in for cookies. So
0: now we're in the real world. And because it's been so heightened and so sustained for so long, the real world feels tense and weird. It's like, no, that... Why aren't they? Why aren't they spraying each other? With, yeah, right. Go get a hose. <laughs> or are they Ryan's having there. a
1: food fight? A, a breakfast food fight?
0: I, that, I was half like, expecting yeah. the kid to throw food at him, but and because be like of a the way
1: cheesy sort of like breakfast scene, but no. Well, it's,
0: because of the way that he was behaving, my thought was she was going to like flick eggs at him or
1: something, and yeah, he was going to be mad. But like, no, but hey, she's your, legitimately come on, pissed about something because she's a kid, and the teenagers are teenagers. She's surly, yeah. Surly. And it's like, oh no, they're just now they're teenagers, and they're like how teenagers are, and there's. It's crazy. They ground us, and they only ground
0: us for like maybe sixty seconds. That is scene is very short. Like a sure. minute,
1: minute and a half. And the wife, that. the wife laughs. And awful. you can tell they're still in love, but it's that real sort of like yeah. lived in.
0: They're in love and you get the sense that they have those crazy high moments that we've seen, but they're not there all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, this is this is the reality of soulmates, which is it's like they always tell you about the reality of marriage, which is like honeymoon phase. You're walking under the stars (laughs) and it's crazy. But eventually you're doing the dishes, right? and you know oh my
1: god uh, Can what? you remember to bring milk home and did you remember to do this you know we talked about this like right yeah. Like eventually you're like you know you'll go six
0: months right. and you have not looked at the stars right. you have not promenaded on a moonlit
1: hilltop in a yeah. while
0: you know it's but like But then you catch their eye again did you vac- yeah. yeah 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 it's the re- that's the reality of it and I like that which is like you know they're sitting at the kitchen table and they catch each other's eye and she uh Annabelle Sciorra has one of the most endearing laughs ever yeah and her smile much like Robin Williams you kind of fall in love yeah. with her through They're really they're a good uh, match they're yeah, a good they, really they are. have
1: a lot of on-screen chemistry They they change how you feel just by the expressions on their face which is what you hope from any great actor Right right right,
0: right. the subtlety of But they do it
1: with in a way that just <laughs> feels so it feels good to to be smiling with them
0: um Okay, let's jump really really quick let's yeah. stick with um particularly annabella Sciorra's performance okay okay i think she, she goes on a journey she does and i think she manages to establish a character because a big part of establishing character is like is for, uh you know as a writer it's like putting dialogue in their mouths like yeah, she
1: doesn't have well a, when
0: i went to art
1: school back when i was 60
0: but there's she none she doesn't
1: have any exposition neither uh, of them do neither of them do Mm-mm. It, it, this, he remembers some things And they talk about things that have happened But only briefly Right. Well, and, and what we see is just her reacting To Having him gone
0: And her dealing with that What I like about her performance Is like the wild crazy hair mm-hmm. And the fact That she's always laughing You get this sense She, she conveys a sense in her performance Physical performance and in the like the Abundance of laughter and in the Her like flipping her Scarf and oh I almost lost it and And in the you know in all Those little moments she Portrays like a Vibrant full of Life artistic type who, and also a fragility mm-hmm. because she's so like ha there's there's something almost childlike with how often she laughs and smiles like sometimes at the breakfast table she just looks at Robin Williams and that elicits a laugh out of her yeah because there's so much joy in her
1: you almost wonder if it's a little bit manic in a way like yeah like
0: there's not quite there's like you know it's that extreme of emotion mm-hmm. that like bit of unbalanced Nature and Robin Williams he cracks Jokes in here and he's he is funny But he it's a subdued funny yeah this Is not good morning Vietnam this is not patch Adams This is not Mrs. Doubtfire he's still Robin Williams he's still funny he still has that Great smile and he still laughs and you Can tell he loves so Fervently but he Is more even keel
1: yeah He is and we see this when she is Yeah when she goes crazy when she Go when she is yeah when they have their me Find out what the double D day is. Yeah, they an, the anniversary, yeah. the double D day. Yeah, the
0: double the anniversary. Um, I, I was really impressed by her performance and the, the fact that she can portray somebody who is possibly you get the sense that she is not mentally ill but would definitely be more susceptible to mental she's, illness. She's
1: she's she's an emotional, yes, person, yes, like we all are, but some people are. More, much more than others, but not to the state of like mental illness and like you can't. Con- but she is right. A she's problem- a, she's more of a receptor to to letting things affect her in she's an emotional an way.
0: Ever changing sea of emotion. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like prone to storms, but also prone, also to prone
1: to the long beautiful calms. calms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so when we skip forward four years after the children die, what, seeing where they are because the children are dead, we see them horribly like. You know dead and sad looking at the Funeral but then He's helping the little girl with her migraines And she's You can tell something has happened to her Because she's she's like I'm 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 freaking out and he's like take a breath Tell me what's going on and you're like oh They're still the same people Mm -hmm. But there's they allow for four years of change. Like they're now different people, but there's that same personality. He's still kind and even keel. He still jokes in a somewhat subdued manner. Yep. And she's having an emotional crisis. Yes. But, and, but she's still, and after, at the end of the, by the end of the conversation, you can tell she's still like so grateful Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, you know, would you do that for me? And he's like, only if you're very grateful, you know, like the, the detail of him pulling out, the negatives, oh, the negatives of, of their, all of the, the work? art at yeah. their house. Yeah, and he's like, "What about this one there and that one?" There? Like the fact that he's helping her over the phone—that he will immediately drop everything and start. And helping then he her. has
1: those negatives in his ready to go in his office drawer, anyways. Mm-hmm. It, tells something it tells you about, something about their past that he's had to either do this before, right? And but he's there and ready to help to help her.
0: Yeah. So we see a hundred percent dedication to the them and mm-hmm. to her and to their relationship out of them and without cuz we we don't find out till much later what's happened in that 4 years this is a genius way to show the viewer like he's ready at the drop of a hat to help her out even in interrupting
1: and that's what I love about this too he doesn't like excuse himself from I'm sorry I'll help your daughter in a moment while right. she's dealing with her migraine he, thing. My, he, multi-tasks. he he stays he's on the phone with his wife and he's still engaging with this little girl to so make your eyes are you still breathing are you like mm-hmm. are you good and he, still like reassuring her at the same time we get the creepy breathing joke on the phone right because exactly. he's showing the
0: girl how to breathe and his right.
1: wife is hearing him like yeah so in the phone. <laughs> but I love that because he's not like he's <laughs> yes he's there for his wife and he's he's doing all these things to help her but he's he doesn't move away from the the thing that's actually there in front of him either. He's he's like still engaged with this girl. It
0: normalizes a crisis
1: for yeah. her. Yeah. It this is not her having
0: a crisis is not an unusual occurrence. Mm-hmm. He's so it's normal. It's not the first time it happened cuz he can
1: he can do she, his job at the same time and manage and manage help her so through that, a crisis. So that for me I was like, "Oh, this has happened a lot cuz yeah. he is he's calm, comfortable, he has the things in his desk. He's mm-hmm. talking her through it while still uh, being a doctor and helping this little girl, I'm like, oh man, this has been.
0: That scene is also our first introduction to her painting. Yes, and her the first painting we see of her is simultaneously beautiful and terrifying, because it's the blurred version the of blurred her, the blurred version, faceless version of her. Um, it reminded me a lot of the paintings of Francis Bacon, mm-hmm. like especially his Pope. Oh yes, yes, the, yes. Like that sort of stuff. It, it has that same like. It's not obviously not like as like overtly dark, but it has that same unnerving. There's an quality unnerving to quality, it. Too, absolutely. And I think it's interesting that later that ties in when Cuba Gooding Jr. When Robin Williams starts to come back into frame after he dies, and we see his, like that, he can see himself and he can see his body, and he's like, "The fear was that you disappeared," and we find out that people. In when he dies, he can't see Cuba Gooding Jr. because he's blurry, and right. we find out that you won't you see what you want to see
1: when you're ready. To when see you're ready
0: it. to see it, and it's blurry before that, or you just don't see it at all. Like Robin Williams is afraid to look at himself because he thinks he. That's he's why dead. he's
1: just a voice That's for a while. He, yeah, and then you don't realize you've seen him until you've seen him, and he doesn't either. It's like how long have I been here? Right. What's like happened? you don't have the fear anymore, right. and you know there's that awesome line, but. I think it's inter-
0: an interesting parallel because if that's the metaphor that we're going to work with in the film, mm-hmm. then she's afraid to look at herself. Yes, she doesn't want to see it's herself. Abso- yeah, that is perfectly accurate. Yeah, right. Which is yeah, it's so and it's set up so early and it's done so subtly. They never do the thing where they're like, "And her painting was blurred because okay. she didn't want to face her inner demons." Yeah, right. That's probably a Max they, fan don't, is, they,
1: a of they don't want to face their demons. <laughs> that was like a Sean Connery. It was almost like Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, the so he leaves the hospital to go and pick up some art from their house Mm -hmm. and then run it over to the gallery. He's
1: doing her a favor. Doing
0: her a favor. That's she deals with a lot of guilt. A lot of guilt. But um, there's a car crash in a tunnel. In a tunnel. Yeah. Now the car crash. This is so fucking interesting. There's a there's a car crash in the tunnel, and so far the movie has been only heightened joy. Yes. And there's a very, the crash is loud and like really, the sound design when is awesome. When the car
1: flips up, it's not a huge not Hollywood stuff. Not that, stunt. when, the, oh, okay. when
0: the, the tire lands on his hood. Oh, yes. You're like, holy fuck. What was that? That's the what first moment where you're like, because this movie doesn't do, because they did the, the kid's car crash off screen. Yes. So you're like, oh, this is one of those films where death is a quiet thing that happens off screen. And then we're going to let the actors have some real emotion. Right, right,
1: right. right. But all of a
0: sudden there's like a tire. Like it's it's almost to me as jarring an image as like if a fucking leg had landed on the Mm -hmm. hood.
1: It's well at first I thought it was a body like because it happens so quickly. Like Jesus Christ, what was it? Oh, it was a tire. Okay. so he gets out of his car is almost hit by another car
0: and suddenly you go from no tension at all to like as much tension as there can be
2: mm-hmm. and he
0: when he runs into the tunnel i cinematography note that there's that beautiful light de- lighting design where they have that pulsing red glow deep in the tunnel as though he's running into like the maw or like running through the gates running of hell running through the hell.
1: gates of hell absolutely
0: <laughs> fucking foreshadowing spoilers
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um i remembered the the car the car eventually a car hits I think hit the back of his car and like barrel rolls yeah ejects itself yeah l- and hits him like basically lands on him just fucking t- game Smear, over done I remembered the car like flipping sideways so did I rather than barrel roll like like corkscrewing through the air like nose first toward him but I this. We talked about how what you remember most from the movie when you were a kid. There's two things that I remember from when I first watched this movie. There was two things that stuck perfectly in my head. I'd forgotten almost all of it. Like, yeah. I'd forgotten, uh, I'd forgotten like the the what hell looks like later, which we'll save until we get to hell. I'd forgotten the painting, mm-hmm. like when he's in his heaven. The two things I remembered were that how how like shockingly terrifying. violent and terrifying that flying yes. car
1: was it's it reminds it, because it, you can you are put in that like situation you're robin williams and that car is coming at yeah. you just it's yeah like, absolutely this is how
0: that happens because they it's also that's also a cinema uh, a trick of cinematography because they shoot the flying car pov yeah you are where robin williams is standing and you
1: see the car flipping towards you yeah
0: it's a cool little yep. little uh cinema trick but it's
1: it's really and it's also the look on Robin Williams face for the hot minute before you see the it's there's this moment of realization yeah of I'm going to die now yeah there's you re- just a little bit of like oh this is it this is the this, end I, I go out in a tunnel by a car hitting me trying to save people trying to save people He's doing his job yeah Which is amazing. Like the
0: fact that he, his first response was to run toward the crash, into the crash.
1: I love that with any like emergency responders and shit, people that are willing. To run into danger while other people are running the fuck away from it. Oh I yeah, can't. There is to say I have the utmost respect for that kind of. Do you ever see World Trade? Heroism? Somewhere? I can't. Yes, I have. That's one of my favorite that, um,
0: Nicolas Cage movies.
1: Uh, yeah, it's Nick Cage, and yeah. it's amazing.
0: That movie is He's absolutely trapped under, rubble, under rubble the entire
1: time. It's that's a crazy good. Oliver movie. Stone. That's Stone part say of what of you I'm will like about him, but that's probably one of my favorite Oliver Stone movies. Really? Because it doesn't deal. Because a lot of Oliver Stone movies deal with conspiracy like the conspiracy of the doors. thing, and the, I love that too. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I'm gonna have an Oliver Stone month, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but this is one of his first movies that doesn't deal with conspiracy of the thing. Right. When I heard that World Trade Center was going to be a movie, I'm like, Oh my god, it's going to be. Please don't do it. Don't, don't do don't the, do the fucking thing. Don't do it was your. Pretty quick after too, and it was like real two, quick within two years. He didn't even touch on the politics of at all. It. it was just the human story of it all. Yeah. But same sort of thing. It's like, but yeah, that's like people that will rush into. Rush into the danger zone to save people without Even thinking about it to say to have the Almost respect is like belittling it's More than that it's, it's like, not yeah it's not just Respect it's it's, it's like more Yeah, yeah. you're right you really like superheroes It's like fucking it's, what unbelievable. I, it's
0: one of the Things about when you when I just sit and think about Firefighters for a second mm-hmm. Where it's like there's a burning building I almost
1: can't because it's overwhelming to yeah, think about
0: There's a burning building <laughs> and people Are fleeing out of it And there's a certain group of people who run into it. Mm-hmm. And that's all they do
1: is run into places Their where everyone job else every is, day is running into burning buildings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's what Robin Williams is doing right here. Yeah, he is. And like he's not a
1: firefighter. That's the thing, too. He's a doctor. He's a regular citizen, as Yeah. And he's like, so. Obliged the, to run into this right. fucking. Oh, my it's God. It's not
0: even obliged. It's his first impulse. First
1: impulse. But, uh, no one else is getting out of that. So car I to
0: remember, help. like the, it's a it's a sh- it's it's shocking to see that car flipping through the mm-hmm. air. And I've watched like *Cannibal Holocaust* right, several yeah. times, <laughs> but that car flipping through the air is shocking. And the other thing I remember, the only other thing I remembered, was the line, um, when Robin Williams. I didn't remember who he was talking to. I forgot Cuba Cunning Jr. was even a person. <laughs> but like when he's talking to him, and he goes, the way that he delivers the line, "Suicides go to hell." Like, like crept into me, mm-hmm. and I've always. Anytime I think of this movie, I think of that line, and now, now that I've seen it, I think of like how fucking incredible this movie is, and yeah. total bafflement at the fact that it only has fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Unbelievable. I can't I can't even deal with it, um. Like when the, he has a one of the first things that he remembers. I think it's it's it's. I think it's right after he's killed. He remembers running through the woods with his son. Yes. The rainbow that they capture in the lens. I was, it's just <laughs> a. Ama- it becomes a rainbow. It becomes a, like a double rainbow, which I'm not going to do. Don't the, do this. I'm song. not gonna.
2: Double
0: don't. Rainbow. You said, I don't did. do it. You can't I, do it now. It. So it becomes like a double rainbow. And then when they, it's such a cool choice where they rest, where the camera comes to rest Robin Williams and his son are beneath both rainbows, but the where the camera hits, it's just there's it's. I don't think it's an up like a post effect. I think it's just the way that the light was hitting. Wow! It washes out almost to white, so that the figures at the base of the tree are almost completely in, uh, unseen. And I I think that there would be a strong impulse as a filmmaker to be like, no, we got to do that again. Do that you again. can't see the subject. But they're like, look at that they're in this whitewashed halo world where you can barely see them through this veil. And it's this beautiful memory or it's this beautiful metaphor for the, the beauty and the obscurity of happy memories. Like the rainbow is there. It's that patina of Mm -hmm. happy memory but the actual the details sub, are a little the washed. Details are washed because the details aren't like in this moment. It's it's, it's like not the details that matter. No, it's it's the feeling. Yes, yes. they're capturing the feeling of mm-hmm. the memory with probably an accident that they decided to cut in. I love
1: it. I love that. Absolutely loved the it. The happy accident. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Um,
0: yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna put a star next to a note so that I remember to say it near the end of the podcast because nice. it's probably the the line that made me. Cry the most. Mm-hmm. It's what Cuba. It's Cuba Getting Jr. Which all of his lines yes. pretty much make you cry because yep. he's a goddamn fucking and genius. He, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next, he's Robin Williams wakes up in in heaven.
1: Yes. And paint heaven. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, his, and the, the dog, the family dog, is young and full of life. It's like, is this Sparky? Whatever the fucking dog's name is? Like, holy shit. Fido, I think it was. First, yeah, is it or, Fido? Or it was Benji. Rats. It <laughs> might be Benji. <laughs> Old Yeller. But it's, oh, <laughs> that
0: would be even better. the Yeller. Like, holy shit. That'd be awesome if they
1: had but, the Dalmatian yeah. and then yellow all the Yeller comes over the hill. And all 101 Dalmatians, like holy fucking shit. But it's the most joyous thing. Yeah. It's this painted world, and he's discovering it and figuring it out and like, where am I? What's happening? This is amazing. The- and, and Cuba is there to to guide him through it. It's like, you're in heaven. You're creating this. This is this is your world. This yeah. is the You're dead now. This is everything that, that you that you want to see. This is your heaven. You've
0: for me like it wasn't the what what emotionally hit me wasn't like here's the dog and like oh it's the house right. What hit me was we've because we've heard repeatedly that like it's his it, that he's obsessed with painting. Yes and he becomes obsessed with art and painting as another way to get through the way, the way she words it makes it sounds like she has had like dark days in the past yes. where she's like he it was another way that he got through to me
1: it was through the paintings
0: yeah so we find out that like paintings and art were such a huge part of his life so what hit me was when he woke up there was he woke up in what he loved which was a painting A painting absolutely and the fact that he's got Paint on his jacket and he squeezes a flower And there's paint on his hand Uh, It's this the moment visually For me is like a cross Between Like mirror mask And um uh, What the hell is that Owen Wilson
1: movie Van Gogh uh, Midnight Midnight in Paris Paris.
0: It's like a mixture between that Okay, yeah. Loving Vincent and And mirror mask Visually speaking Mm -hmm. it's a I, like, I can't. I couldn't get over it because it wasn't like the seeing the dog was cool, but oh, some the rest of the whole some deep part of me was like um, I said. I wrote down it wrenches something out of me. As with all uh, Robin Williams flicks, it gives me hope. And mm-hmm. what gave me hope was that you know, like of course, his heaven would be a painting. The idea that you know, like if like when you die, you wake up somewhere. It, it, it's an indefinable It's a feeling, yeah, it's a so, feeling. so there's Absolutely. no way I can really get it out In words But just knowing It would be like Waking up Inside of your Favorite painting And being able to like Swim in the swim color in And yeah. touch You know like Feel the texture Of this heaven That he's in It's, it it's was, like
1: Mary Poppins Jumping into Sidewalk paintings Yeah Like yeah. that sort of thing Oh my god I love this Well do you want to go there We can It would it's be there. Like I have another moment Mary Poppins is actually Uh in the uh, city, is there's, she yeah, there's a couple of cameos in there like and Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins is one there's Mary Poppins Peter Pan, and there's a couple other like um like fairy tale type
0: you know what else the the once we get to heaven especially the city. The city where all, like, people have this big shared mm-hmm. consensual, uh, not consensual, <laughs> this big shared heaven. Yes. Um, Collaborative is it's, what I yep, wanted to say. Yep.
1: It's the, the main city, which he's also creating because it's ripped from something that he saw in his, yeah. Right. So... All of them are constructs of It's his, own. his
0: unique place. Yeah. I like the idea. Well, do you, so do you think, no, I think, I think in a way, yeah, that doesn't, maybe this is a bit where it jars for me because... If everything is constructed, then he actually didn't find his children, and he didn't find his wife. Right. So that's, you know, then the movie becomes a really bleak look at delusion. Yeah. So I don't like the way that down I. What's going there then? Well, the way that I like but to look ena- at it. But there are there
1: are enough little clues left that that ask that question, like the stairs that they go to where the the cherubs are flying, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, it's before we get to the city proper. It's right. just that that stairway, uh, and they're talking about. Remember playing chess with your daughter, right? And that is a that is a little model that is in the room with her, mm-hmm. and it's the same. The it's same the same pillars. S- yeah. It's the same people on the stairs. So I had. There's two. Conversation. Maybe he's creating that, but the city is still real because those are two separate locations. They're not in the
0: city. Yeah, because when they get to the when they go looking for the tracker,
1: when they get to the city, then that's like, well, we're gonna leave this place and then go to the city. Yeah, so he's creating that, that. I think
0: that is like his staging post. Yeah,
1: at the edge of his reality. Is that little? Because it's
0: yeah. That's like um. That's like his. If you think of him like is uh, his
1: train station. Like con- or yeah, his, exactly. Yeah. Like he gets. Is at the edge of the known? And then he gets in the map. boat,
0: and then he moves
1: out of his place into the other place into where everyone else is. That, I'm I'm down with that.
0: Yeah, because once you once we meet Max von Sydow, it's he's in a place that is not of, clearly not of Robin Williams. Right, it is definitely
1: different enough to be not his. World,
0: right? Yeah, some of the stuff I think it's interesting. There is some resonance in hell to his experience, though. Like that tunnel that they go out of in the boat is very visually similar to the tunnel that he ran into where he died. There's two conversations that I wanted to have that are not specifically tied to the film, but are more like conceptual conversations. Perfect. One, they they touch on it often enough that I couldn't ignore it. God. No, I love how they treat God in this. So do I. It's one of
1: my favorite lines in the whole movie. He's up there somewhere, La- shouting at us, asking us, uh, telling us he loves us, and wondering why we aren't listening. But then the, the tag that I love at the end of that line is, "You think? You think? That's because they don't even know. That's crucial to in me. In death, they don't even know for sure. That's what God I... isn't there waiting for you. Hey, welcome. You did a great job." They don't even know. You know oh, that, he's up there You know that movie like what us. is it, it's
0: like twelve people you meet in heaven yeah. or whatever? Like this this could have fallen into the realm of like one of the not to take anything away from no, them, they're sure. beautiful movies, but like the the Oprah Winfrey, like Jesus loves you and here is God and life mm-hmm. is life has meaning, but it's a Christian meaning that it's got. Right. They could have done that, but instead they walk this beautifully fine line where it's like, Where's God in all this? And Oh he's here. Maybe. We think could be not sure. That's what I love where he, he has a beautiful sentiment and a beautiful belief about God. And then he goes, you think you think, which is like the, it's so crucial to me that they make that distinction of like, I don't fucking know.
1: (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) That's the best. I've been dead for a while.
0: Yeah. Cause there's a couple moments in this where it walks sort of close to being like a, a preachy christian allegory mm-hmm. like it could have dipped into that
1: world oh very easily
0: and they're so ke- not careful they're so yeah they're so careful to make the distinction that like look we're talking about heaven we're talking about an afterlife we're saying souls we're referring to hell but we're not ever at any point going to be like and there is a god and his plan is wise right, it, right. they don't do it there's, they say like Look your, your guess is as good as mine Personally I like to believe That God is up there doing this But I mean you think And
1: suicides it? go to hell Not because it's a punishment But because of the nature Of what you have to do to yourself To kill to yourself To kill yourself You can't make that you, There's no way to bring the It's a thing that happens to you It's not like a punishment It's just how that works Did you read Sandman? I did read Sandman Did you read
0: Season of Mists Volume mm-hmm. 4 I have a signed copy upstairs It's one of my oh, favorite beautiful. Fucking Story arcs in there, so, and it's totally relevant. I know we talked no, about comics fine. on it's yeah, fine. No, show no, no.
1: Well, we can talk about Neil Gaiman uh, all day if you want. It's
0: fine. <laughs> okay, so in that, we uh, a character goes to hell and talks to the devil. That's the story yep. arc. He essentially goes down and speaks to the devil because the devil has decided that he's going to close up and lock hell, kick everybody out, close it up, lock it up. I'm done with this shit. Done with this shit. I'm leaving and we find out why he's able to do to do that which is uh, he it's actually Neil Gaiman makes a distinction he says it's not the devil it's lucifer because he wrote him as milton's lucifer who right. is a tragic figure and lucifer is talking to the the king of dreams morpheus which also probably ties in pretty strongly to this film yes but he's talking to him and he says i you know he says do you know that i have never made any one of them do anything ever not even once He's talking about humans. Yep. Because there's this, like, you know, the devil.
1: He's talking about. He's talking about that. Influencing how much and... he hates
0: that term. The devil made me do it. He's like, you know, I've never made any of them do anything ever. And then we find out later, even more importantly, he's like, and no one makes them come here.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. So much. After death, he's like, he's no one makes them come here. There's a really beautiful moment where he goes through heaven and he's kicking people out. And he's like, you're done. Get out of hell. Get out. No, out. God damn it. There's a moment where he finds this guy. Um, I can't remember. I think it's Sar- Sarban or something. There's, It's some French guy and he's being tortured on a rock. And he refuses to leave. He will not leave. And the de- and Lucifer comes over and he's like, look, you have to go, okay? You gotta go. And Enough he's like, of this
1: birds eating your guts for the rest of your. Right. And his face eternity. is like held
0: on with hooks and he's yep. chained to a rock and he's being tormented. He's in agony. And Lucifer's like, you gotta go. Your tor- your time here is done. I didn't. First of all, didn't want. I didn't here, here. in the you first place. You just life, showed up at my door. You came here because yes. you felt that this is where you deserve to be. It's a choice. Going to hell is a choice. In the Sandman universe, right? Yeah. And the guy's like, I bathed in the blood of children, and he's t- listing his sins. He's like, I killed hundreds, and I laughed, and I am. This is my name, and this is my punishment. This is what I have earned. And the Lucifer's like, "No, you are one sad man in history, and not one person in a million remembers your name." And he kicks him out. He's like, "I love Neo Gaiman I know it's <laughs> the concept is so the concept interesting. is so interesting. Yeah. And in that same arc, there's a boy who's murdered at boarding school. He's he's tortured by some. He's bullied by some other kids. They burn his back. He crawls up to the attic and gets an infection and dies from how bad they've hurt him. And he thinks that he's trapped in the attic, because you know, because like, that's where that's he, what he's he, always believed. Right. Is like you're a ghost and you're trapped in the attic oh and you've got to haunt it or whatever. And this little this other boy who's been kicked out of hell, been released from hell, which I think the implications there are really interesting. Which is like, why would a child, <laughs> go, to a child hell? go to hell? Because the 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 religious boarding school that they went to taught them to put it all so much on the yeah yeah exactly. So he gets out of hell and he eventually comes and finds this kid who's died. And he's like, he's like, let's go. And he's like, can we go? And he's like, there's yeah. a beautiful line. He says, you don't have to stay anywhere forever.
1: God damn it! It's like the baby elephant that they chain to a spike, but they never change the size of of the chain because it thinks it can't break the chain. Right. But a, a an elephant can. Yeah. But it's use it's that memory, it's of, the not memory of not being able, able to. to break the chain. Yeah.
0: I don't know what you're talking about, but that made me oh, so sad. Don't tell me. I no, don't it's to know. With how
1: they like like in circuses when they have oh, elephants. That's how they train elephants. Yeah, so but they don't. That's they horrible. but they never have to like change the size of the chain. Right, because the elephant because just remembers it just not being able to Won't even try it. to. Yeah. Won't even try.
0: So I think that's interesting because in What Dreams May Come, hell is a place of your own making, and it's a in a weird way. It says, d- "Can
1: I make elephants fly?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> can I make elephants fly? <laughs> God damn it! Not if they didn't think they could when they were babies, because they won't even try. But uh, I think that's a really there's an interesting parallel there. Which we and eventually he's able to get through to her, and once she is able to break free from the second topic of conversation, I want to get to, she can leave hell. Yeah, she does,
1: and she does. She leaves hell and she goes and gets hangs out in paradise for however long doesn't matter cuz time doesn't exist there and then Human they, lives are a they decide there. they go back. Right. It's like I can find you in hell, I think I can find you in Jersey. So my which is an awesome <laughs> line. That.
0: So my second conversation I wanted to talk about is the this a concept. Have you ever heard of a writer named Robert Anton Wilson? Yes. What has he done? He's famous for the Illuminatus trilogy. Okay,
1: yes, that's yeah. that's his. I haven't fiction read work. it, but that's
0: like yeah. Everyone knows Illuminatus. List of a thousand
1: books that I need to read. And
0: then there is another book which he's famous for, inspired Grant Morrison, inspired a lot of the occultists of like the eighties, mm-hmm. nineties, and, and beyond, called Cosmic Trigger. And one of Robert Anton Wilson's big fascinations as a writer is scientific studies into something that he calls reality tunnels. Which is They talk about this in the movie Mm -hmm. Which is Robin Williams says it Cuba Gooding Jr. says it What you think is real Thought is real They stress the importance of consciousness They're like If you perceive something to be so It doesn't matter There isn't Because they talk You know if you get deep into it There is really no objective reality It just doesn't exist Oh shit Talk for a second (laughs)
1: There is no reality. Only alarms on phones to remind us to do things. But time doesn't actually exist. That is a a human construct. I have to feed my sourdough starter. Um, (laughs) I know. He said on a podcast. (laughs) Anyway.
0: um, But, you know, we were talking about reality tunnels, Mm -hmm. objective reality. Reality doesn't exist. If you perceive a thing, that is real to you. It's that whole I think therefore I am thing. Yeah but also the, the idea that you make your And you're your generating reality. your own yeah. Now here's the really interesting thing about Robert Anton Wilson He digs into these scientific studies uh, Scientists were doing ex- Studies on perception Yes uh, Because <laughs> what we ultimately What we know now Is that everything we see Is taken in through our eyes And goes through this giant Processing machine Into our brain where our brain is trying to make sense of a massive amount of information and give us what just what is necessary so that we don't fucking go insane We don't freak out. There's there's a bunch of studies and here are a few of my favorites Um, I'm just strapping in for mind-blowing often and I love it. It's all. It's a lot go, of it comes in go, sight go, classes. Go, okay, go, go. so a big there's a big lecture hall and the professor's running late the professor shows up and he's flustered and he gets to the podium and he goes. I'm sorry, I'm late. I okay. So the today's lesson. And a man comes running in, screaming, holding an object over his head, and he stabs the professor with it. And the professor falls to the ground. And the man looks around wildly and runs out. And the professor lays there for about thirty seconds to a minute. And the students, this is this is a, an experiment yeah. that's done repeatedly in. Intro level um, master's degree psych
1: courses This is the thing that's actually happening in Oftentimes, the yeah, okay.
0: people do This is this is repeated To this day, this is still done Wow And everyone loses their fucking minds And then the professor gets up And everyone's like, what? What the fuck is going on? You're dead And he's like, alright everyone Tell me what you just saw And he'll go around the room You got stabbed in the head He's, he's like, write down he, So he's like, take out a piece of paper And write down what that man was holding And invariably... Like 99% of the class saw a knife of various types. Like a kitchen knife or a, some kind of fucking scary ass knife. And it's a banana. He had a banana in his hand. And all of the people in the room saw a knife. That's insane. And the reason
1: it is, is it's it's how... It's, your brain has to make sense of that. Banana doesn't make sense. You can't banana kill a person with no a banana. makes no sense. Right.
0: But you see visual cues. You see aggression. You see a traditional stabbing motion. And your brain... Fills in the fuzzy bits mm-hmm. So that's that, how movies work so you too. can make Sense of your life there's a there's a There's a great one two people Are they they're they put their Faces on like a basically it's like a, What are they called where you flip the
1: Images it's oh a, uh, uh, um, you, They put the, their eyes up The, the to old like, 3D thing the little yeah Yeah
0: exactly they put their eyes Up to like binoculars basically And an image pops up and the image goes away and a view master, a view master, basically a view master, like a, whatever the college universities right. spent a hundred thousand dollars on. View. right? Exactly, view. Right. <laughs> a master view, TM. Um, and the image pops up and the image goes away and they say, what did you just see? And what it is, is it's, it's a, a black man and a white man. One of them has either a knife or a gun and is exhibiting violent, a violent, physical posture and the other one is exhibiting signs of fear and distress that's the image almost universally this is used to prove racial bias mm-hmm. people will report the black man had the weapon and was being aggressive and the white man was being afraid and the actual image is a black man cowering and a white man attacking him that's fucking crazy so it's the fallacy of memory yep it's the way that your brain processes and this is this last one is my f- absolute favorite there was a study done in the late 70s when they took a large group of people a, a large I think it was like 50 or a hundred was their sample size and they started using cognitive they called it cognitive reconditioning to try and change subtle but obvious like like self apparent perceptions one of the most famous examples is they retrained a group of about 50 people to see the color green as the color blue. And they were able to do that. No shit. So oh, through through like they they I can't remember exactly what the process they used was, but they were able to rewire the way that these people perceived reality so that every green thing they saw, their brains it went through that big translation process and that, yeah, that translation translated it to blue and vice versa. So the sky became green, green and all plant like all the trees it's and all shit blue, blue. And they were able to change that. I That's think That's freaky. I'm pretty sure it's temporarily, but, yeah. but think about that, you know, like I think this is an important part of this movie, which is what we think and what we see is unique to us. We all we could all be living this and this is one this ties into that um that staging post area yeah. where like the steps are. yes, we could be looking. At the same exact thing, and because reality exists in our brains rather than in an objective form outside of us, we could be seeing two
1: different things and never know it. You never know it. Absolutely. Right? Because we have a shared agreement on, this is a pen. It has a red cap. Right. Right? Right. Because- But outside of me telling you that and you responding in a way that's concurrent- And you
0: know what's really interesting and really weird is- I, I was thinking about that when I first started reading Robert Anton Wilson, it's a he's a brain bending kind of writer. I dig that shit though. So he had an interesting point which was like if we if two people are looking at a dog and they say, What is that thing? They both say it's a dog. It's a dog. One person there's no way to tell unless you are looking at like actual like brain scan information or you are like doing minute detailed descriptions of things, like pages and pages and pages, but you might be seeing Different type, like different dogs. Right,
1: not a poodle and a Rottweiler, but there's one has a green eye, one has a blue eye, one has maybe. Well,
0: those are all things that we recognize, would recognize right? right? But the okay. the idea is that, and this is like really, really complex sh- stuff, but um, it still applies. And I'll tell you, we'll get to why in a second. But like, well,
1: oh, on the more like the level of how your in brain your brain, is, like okay. you
0: have the same words, but. Okay it would here's the idea is like you have two people one person sees what we all think of as a dog right in our heads but what he's seeing what what's hitting his brain is like weird tentacled thing with horns and like fire coming off of it or whatever right right but that is what he's been that's what he's always seen and he's been trained to see dog. And the words that he has to describe tentacles or skin are like fur and ears Right So he's seeing something totally different than you and we would never know because language Because he's saying
1: language is saying fur, ears, tentacle Right,
0: language homogenizes our experience
1: Fuck me dude
0: But in our minds, right? So yeah, so this is what Robert Anton Wilson talks about as reality tunnels He did a lot of experiments on himself and was able to change his reality at one point He calls them a reality tunnel, which is basically your certain set of perceptions. He was able. He did a really extreme one, where he was able to make it a complete reality to himself that he was receiving like um, transmissions from the dog star Sirius. And he, what he did was, he's he's a psychologist. Yeah. Okay. So he did over a long period of time, he gradually. Cognitively reframed little bits Of information in his mind until he believed Something that he knew at the start To be completely, completely false but by The end of this believed it to be Completely true and he had left really Specific notes so like that he for could, Himself to bring him back in a way And also to because he knew by the end of it he was going to be telling people that you know like
1: I'm receiving signals signals from the dark area. So he told
0: some of his colleagues he's like, look, I'm going to try and convince myself that something's true. I just want you all to know what I'm doing, so you don't think I'm going mad. Just know that I am. I am intentionally and consciously rewiring myself
1: a little bit crazy. His
0: reality. Not not. He didn't think of it as insanity. Right. It's just changing your reality. Because to him that became true. And it, if it's true to him, does it matter if it's "quote unquote" objectively true? If there's no objective reality, so here's right. yeah. w- when we get back to spicy
1: meatballs, man. I had to have yeah.
0: the conversation. I love that. I had to have it because they. I just heard so much stuff in the movie that seemed. Well, to it's talk all about, about it.
1: that. Mm-hmm. So you're generating your reality, which is your heaven, which is your hell, which is your, right. Exactly.
0: It, all of how this you is see your children.
1: Generated. He's choosing to see his daughter as the Asian flight attendant. He's choosing to see his son as Cuba Gooding This Jr. is where I disagree. Oh, they were doing it. For they him. were doing
0: it for his sake to lessen the shock. Because if his daughter showed up, right, he would just be like, "Oh my God, my girl, my girl, my girl," and he wouldn't well, listen. They, yeah,
1: they even talk about. And that. he wouldn't yeah. listen
0: to what he had You'd to so say. he would be so
1: overwhelmed by the fact that I'm here that you wouldn't listen to what I, I have to say. Right,
0: and that's why his son says later, like, "You said he was the only man you ever listened to. Listen to me now." Right, and it's his son talking to him. But he picked it. He picked he a picked useful. His yeah. Right, he picked a useful skin to wear. Um but I think what's interesting, it, what ties in there, is when we see that that um, uh, it's the thing in his daughter's room, and when he's with the the Asian woman who's helping him understand, and there's like all the people flying through the air in the staircase. That's the reality. Very a lot of this movie is very Gilliam-esque yeah. But what I like to, The way I like to look at it is That is what he sees Because that is the reality That he's constructing for himself mm-hmm. But I think it's entirely possible That his daughter His who's daughter there, is making it Or is seeing something entirely different
1: Fuck me too, yeah
0: Because it's all if, it's, if heaven is personal As it appears to be in this movie And everyone builds their own So everyone can walk through Their own particular reality And when you It's just You build your own world, yeah Yeah, as you move from perspective To perspective, you know change shapes change and colors change but i don't think it's really important because you know there you're still sharing that you're still
1: sharing that space
0: um yeah so the second conversation ties into his daughter um what did you think this movie's made in 1998
1: yes we are now in 2018 there are only a couple of couple of things that that i don't like about this movie the daughter is one of them is this one of them yeah all right, I have a qu- okay, let's get into that. Because
0: when he runs into his daughter, in reality his daughter is a like 12-year-old. She's maybe 12-13. 13-year-old white girl.
1: Yeah. In the and afterlife. She's a fucking bitch. What? I'll say it. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, are you are you serious or no? <laughs> she's a bit of a shit.
0: She's a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, I know. Carl, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus, bro! Oh my God, God. <laughs>
0: coming hard for the dead girl. Jesus, <laughs> j- you, heartless piece of shit! All right, so
1: she manifests herself as, as an, an Asian, Asian flight woman. attendant, right?
0: Yeah, basically. I like you know. Okay, so she manifests herself. Well, she
1: was she she isn't the flight attendant here. She's the the person that helps. She's like the an amalgam. Fi- the, the animal finder.
0: In a, I think in a way, she's an amalgam. Of the Asian
1: flight attendant, because that's what he saw, and because she's was got fam- the name right.
0: tag and she's got the same, f- she's yeah. she has that physical appearance, but she's also not wearing like a flight attendant's uniform. So she is all she's an amalgam of the flight attendant and her father's idea of
1: Asian women. Mm-hmm. So you don't like
0: that? Go, I'm gonna take a drink. So talk.
1: Uh, Why just, don't you like that? I, not that I don't like it. I just, mm, I just don't like the kids in general. <laughs> wow. I like the I like the wow I like the Cuba Gooding Jr. and I like the Asian flight attendant. Whenever it's the kids, the actual kids, the actual kids, I'm like, Egh. they're just not. I want to talk. They're not good in the acting department. Mm, I thought the girl was good. I didn't yeah, the, like the, the, no the guys. I just don't like the girl's character. I think she's she. she I, think, I don't feel for her. I was like. She just comes across as bitchy to me, her, which is fine. Yeah, she's a thirteen-year-old girl, but I've always felt like I just don't like you.
0: The character is a little abrasive and sort of standoffish, but mm-hmm. she challenges Robin Williams, a which lot. is
1: and she is and she is the one that like. Well, they both have but issues I think, with their I agree. Dad, but, I
0: think her performance mm-hmm. is
1: good. Okay. I like
0: the actress's the, performance. The son is
1: horrible. He is I don't not, like
0: his character and I don't like the kids' mm-hmm. performance. I agree right. with you. I don't think it's I don't think it's like it's not
1: shitty, but no, it's not. But there's they're only the kids as the children are in their form right. are only on screen. Very Pretty briefly. For, for a few minutes, mm-hmm. right? I love the
0: Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, so when sun.
1: yeah, I like the I, I like the the fake versions of them or the the costumed so versions of them. What but I, I thought, don't like the actual. I think it's more of a performance thing, and I just don't like the characters of them.
0: What I thought you were going to get into was cultural appropriation.
1: Oh no, not some no Did no. It? I mean, see how you could, but it's. 'Cause see, like, that's that's one thing
0: it's something I saw when I watched the movie where I was like, Oh in today's uh,
1: climate yeah, I can see many people having finding objectionable. Yeah. yeah. Like his Well the w- only reason that she chose that is because she couldn't choose an image that that maybe he was unfamiliar with or didn't come from him and it couldn't be his wife. It couldn't be someone so she wanted to pick someone beautiful and he... So, Robin Williams' character just finds Asian women to be incredibly beautiful, which is fine. You can. You said beautiful, graceful. Graceful. Like, they have
0: poise. Yes.
1: So... St- I don't know if that's stereotyping, necessarily. It's just how he feels about a particular... Like, I also happen to be a person that finds Asian women to be incredibly beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I find um, most women to be incredibly beautiful actually, but <laughs> I can understand I think you can go you can go down that rabbit hole yeah. and make it an issue, well, but I don't think it's there. I think it's just like she is a 13 year old girl who had to find some way to, to connect with her father on a sort of emotional level or give him a sense of calm yeah. and the thing that she latched on to was this one moment on a flight where he mentioned how, how beautiful Asian women were and they have this grace and, and she always wanted to have that I'll have,
0: for yes, her father. That's a good Good point because in a way, the the forms that they pick for themselves represent how they
1: wanted to be seen by when they grew up.
0: Yeah. Because there's a there's this beautiful speech at the funeral when Robin Williams is remembering his children's funeral and he's talking about his dead son, and he's Mm -hmm. like, I imagine the man he'll be at twenty five, and you know, he's got character and he's got you know, but there's kindness and tenderness. And I think in a way what he, what the son does when he picks Cuba Gooding Jr. If this doctor that he remembered, mm-hmm. he picks him because it's the only man he ever listened to, and he wants him to listen to him. But also because the man that Cuba Gooding Jr. was represents everything that his father imagined that he would be when he grows up, and in a way, what he wants to be. Yeah, like the girl, if she had had a chance to grow up, would have wanted to represent or embody all the qualities. That Robin Williams which is kind of Fucked up if you think about it which is their whole Self-identification has to do with the Approval of their their father father.
1: I think that's there For for us to see too Right yeah it's part of the whole journey And to
0: examine yeah Yeah. um but one of The things and they do change Mm -hmm. In the afterlife for example like The the son as Cuba Getting junior possesses a massive Amount of like wisdom Emotional new like emotional wisdom And nuance he's Very
1: strong yeah well he's he's a soul finder. He's been the, yeah. He's been dead for four years. But time doesn't matter in the after. He it's could like have been infinite. doing this job for a thousand years. Right.
0: So he's become something wiser. And and the other thing is, how do we know that we don't know that that is for his that this Robin Williams son that that's his first time around. Maybe he's an old soul and just yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But um, so Bird and I talk on our on the Chapman and Robin um about. Cultural appropriation occasionally because we read a lot of comics a lot of comics is and there's there. a lot yeah. of that yeah. happens in comics yep. and this happens in film too. Like for example, there's the the wise black man.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Right.
0: So there's stereotypes like that or like the mystical Asian.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that the way that it's treated in this movie, the the like white girl becomes Asian woman. Yeah. White man, white young man
1: becomes, becomes black, black man, man.
0: and. Black man becomes becomes, old white man Yes which in the The way that you know there's in today's Climate to be like there's a movie about A black guy who becomes a white guy
1: Oh you're like oh fuck no yeah (laughs) Yeah
0: immediately you're like Also the white kid becomes a black guy
1: So right which
0: in today's stupid, like hyper. Oh, it'll be stupid. Everyone's. God damn it! Why are people so fucking stupid? I think it's the. I think it's the like ease. <laughs> the ease with which people can be offended. Yeah, let's take a uh, like, hard left uh, turn and uh, just attack yeah, the world. I'm serious.
1: But Everyone just tuned off of those. I think the way that it's treated in this movie, is good because it's it, innocent enough. It's not even not that's not right. It's not that it's innocent enough. It's.
0: It's. It's not necessarily. I think what it ends up being, is. They in the afterlife, there isn't the. the they I think Max von Sydow has a line about it where he's like, "If we'd stayed in, as you'd recognized us, the roles of teacher, father, right, son, daughter, they didn't want those roles to come into play at all because those roles, those societal roles, the the um the structure that we lay over this thing called life, it informs your, And it gets in the way." Of truth, because what they do is they pick forms that they feel to be, and like honest, emotionally honest about who they are. Mm-hmm. And because they pick forms that are unfamiliar, like you can call them a disguise if you want, it erases that societal framework.
1: Right. In a way, I like you it. You see your daughter, you are immediately the father, and she's. You have the. She's not a kid,
0: person right? anymore. Now she's your daughter, she's and your you daughter. are her father. And there's a certain set of of interactions that right. happen in that particular dynamic. Mm-hmm. And this erases dynamics by allowing anybody to be anything they want to be. And I think that's a beautiful idea. It's why when when I know it's a controversial opinion, but when Bird and I talk about cultural appropriation, particularly like Native American, mm-hmm. like white people who are interested in Native American practices, or white people who are interested in, say, like Eastern mysticism Sure So what I've always There's a lot of like Decrying like Oh you're just picking Like you're cherry picking Parts of our culture Like you stick to white culture I'll stick to Japanese culture You stick right. to Native American culture The way that I've always Looked at it Is we're all around for like, say, eighty years, mm-hmm. or a hundred years. God, I'm hoping for eighty at least. Should you know, we're around for twenty nine years. No, but Fuck like me. You know, so like, if, let's say we're around for a hundred years. Okay, and then we're dead, and let's just assume that we're dead and nothing ever happens ever again, and we're gone. Right. Or, or we wake up end. in a painting. Right. But if there's something about, say, for example, like Buddhism, that makes you that. Enriches your experience of life And gives you a new appreciation For things around you And speaks to you deep within yourself Who's to say You're not allowed To You know like if it brings you happiness Mm And if it brings you peace and understanding Who's to say like that peace happiness And understanding cannot be yours Mm -hmm. Because of the color Of your skin that you were That you happened to be born with I think in
1: part, like I can't enjoy jazz because no, or, a lot of
0: that jazz is a pretty
1: light example. Let's. Well, say, I was trying to pull it back a little bit to more like a daily sort of dreadlocks. Thing. Fair enough. There you go. Okay. Dreadlocks
0: is a really hot button topic. Can white people have dreadlocks, or is that cultural appropriation right. of something that is in particular, like, particularly tied to black culture? There's right. the, there's an argument about fairy locks, but if you look, is in, it like Rastafarianism and yeah, yeah? So it's like. If you're just wearing that as like a as like a fashion thing, you know, is that disrespectful? Disrespectful well, to okay. or whatever. Like dreadlocks is a good example. Um, music gets tricky because when you look at modern music, it's all in America. Yeah. All modern American music is essentially born from black musicians. Yes. Being ripped off by white musicians. Yes. So like ninety nine point nine percent. music <laughs> so, yeah. is mu, American music is nothing but cultural appropriation on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other big what was there's another one. Uh, people take take a offen- uh, take to task like white zen Buddhists often Yeah, I was
1: going to say the Buddhism and even doing like um the the forms whatever you call that the uh, uh the, it's, something not, chi. it's not it's not yoga chi. like tai chi kind of thing. Yeah, if
0: you're doing like right, so it's like oh you're a white guy doing You're doing, doing tai that chi. without
1: the other aspect of it. Right. So you like
0: the idea is that you have no cultural framework for it or mm-hmm. whatever. What I like to think uh, the the examples I always go to are I like that this this movie brings up these because it's there. It is. Yeah. It's right in the it's, text. It's, yep. <laughs> so, the the ones that I always come to are like the Native American idea of being like being at one with nature mm-hmm. and the idea that everything, is, you know, is connected and that there's I, like I a love, spirit running through everything. Love, love. Right, and so, and also, but am I allowed to? Also, like. that's that's what my argument is that like. You have a hundred years if anyone Wants to tell you that you can't
1: access Something if I want to go on a vision Quest or Experience that I was going to say
0: Shamanism is another mm -hmm. one
1: right Like if you are
0: if you Are like I want to get in touch with My ancestors through this blah or if There's or if there's anything about Native American practices that Resonates with you and enriches your Life and makes you Happier Why can't you know, like it, it you, seems yeah. sick and cruel to be like, I'm so glad that you know, or not even I'm so glad. It's usually like, stay the fuck away from my happiness and contentment and enrichment and satisfaction. And I'm joy. not taking
1: anything away from you by experiencing it. You, you, right? If I go and in, and in, into, a, yeah, that you're not taking anything away. No
0: I think it's I think Yeah it's, it's
1: stealing their culture You're experiencing part of it
0: I think part of
1: what, what Or being, they feel like it's No this is mine And I don't want to share it And we've earned it You haven't There's a tendency in 2018 Maybe. In the world we live in now There's a tendency to
0: uh, For extreme tribalism
1: Oh absolutely We want to we,
0: we want to build Groups And we don't want people To be part of We don't want people
1: To take away from our and group And we don't want them To play in our toy box
0: Exactly And one of the things that I always thought that being, like growing up, one of the reasons I loved history was I got to learn about people who lived differently than I do Mm -hmm. and believed things different than the things that I believed and I could consider those things and if it was something that I really dug or loved or enjoyed, I could fold it in and live a better life now. Yes. I think part of being a human is a conversation between cultures rather than this is our culture, stay away from it. You know, like you've got your... You know, like, I, I don't I don't like that idea. Yeah. And you know who who am I to say that you know, my ideas are right? I just know how I'm going to behave and how I'm going to act. And the right. way I'm going to act is I'm going to take the things that enrich my life. And if you don't want me to, go fuck yourself. <laughs> how Fair about enough. that? You know, I'm around for a little while. I'm going to enrich myself and mm-hmm. I'm going to experience as much as I can. I'm going to try and understand if if you know. I'm gonna do everything like, I can to live the best life I can, and if the best you should life just
1: learn from each other, man, it's like an Awakenings. We we want to borrow the will of other humans, I and mean, by doing that, you 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 share. We need each other.
0: You think if we? Do you think we if need... we understood each other a little bit better, what? there do might you... be less conflict? Stop in the world? it,
1: Max! I think that's the most ridiculous shit I've ever that's heard. A stupid idea. Understanding I don't equals. Know what I, was like, I was like, well, if I learn more about you, maybe we can if like I, get along and how
0: can you ever hope to understand someone else's perspective if you're you know right yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying like but, uh, we just need to under you know yeah. uh, anyway i thought that that was a really interesting thing to see um to see that in the afterlife robin williams even points out the point we're making now which is like with the form doesn't matter and max von yeah. I was like no no that's not it at all in the living world there's a there's a there's a framework put over this cool amorphous ocean that is life where mm-hmm. everything mixes together and blends and everything is useful and beautiful. But in the real in where we came from life and now we're dead in life there's this lattice work over it of like cultural of cultural interactions and rules father and daughter yeah there's and, yeah. roles and there's expected rules and
1: roles yeah. Right
0: and he's like and in the afterlife none of that matters at all what matters is just like honest you know like honesty and truth and feeling and exploring mm-hmm. and it it's it's all, it's paint running together i love that it's a blending of paint um god yeah so i got a little lost i wanted to talk about the 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 handwriting acting
1: <laughs> handwriting acting <laughs> when i watched this like a week and a half ago when now, she's so.
0: writing in her diary and she's like. Uh, I'm, oh. I'm writing in this diary Because diaries like,
1: are fucking stupid And she's like Right She's doing the
0: Well no she's actually writing Because we, we get, Oh you see it You as see she's it The camera it, yeah. follows her writing the lines And we see her handwriting And what her handwriting looks like And then there's that moment Where Robin Williams gets down by her ear And he's like he's like <sighs> I still exist. Write it. Write it. it, I still exist. And he does the goodwill hunting thing where he says the same line three times in a row mm -hmm. with a different motivation each time and it breaks your fucking brain open.
1: I have that as a note, actually. I still exist. Dot, dot, dot. Sob.
0: (laughs) I still exist. It's not your fault. It's It's not your fault. Stop it. Shut up. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. So, anyway, when he. They should have done that. They should have had him do (laughs) the goodwill hunting line. It's It's not your your fault. fault. Stop it makes it. sense.
1: It's not your fault. It's not your don't fault. Don't you fucking do this. Fuck you.
0: It's so good. That's so, we
1: should Coming do Goodwill hunt. Hunting next week. I don't <laughs> and, like. I mean next. To, I think to say Sant's a fucking hack, but I love Goodwill Hunting. Uh,
0: oh my god! I have to. <laughs> we're done. We're done. Hang it up. Hang it up. I'm, I quit. Watch, you no, think watch. Gussma and Sansa have.
1: Watch, this is going to end up being, what, this is going to be Coen Brothers all over again, where I list 18 <laughs> movies I love and one that I hate. Which, like which one later. do you not like? Oh, Psycho is cool ish, but it's more like a. Mm. Um, it's an interesting experiment, I agree. It is, but it's like, don't fuck with fucking Alfred Hitchcock. Come on. Um, oh, Elephant. So
0: you're a snob, is what you're saying. Hmm? Nothing.
1: Is it Elephant? Yeah, yeah, the school shooting movie. The school shooting movie? You don't
0: like it? No. Really? Really? We're gonna... Okay, we'll talk about this off air, but yeah. I would like to revisit Gus Van Sant with you. Maybe we should. I it's think been, we should. it's been a while. Sometimes I come back around on these yes. things. Yes, yes. Okay, but the speaking of the handwriting thing... Yes. Okay? When he starts talking... This is such a subtle little thing, but when he starts talking and kind of like forcing her to write what he's saying... Yeah. The way that... His words translate to text is fascinating when he says I still exist, right? Still is like S T capital I L and then the L, the last L becomes an E. There's it's It's like that
1: freeform writing thing where automatic writing writing is what I meant. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's what they're where
1: you kinda tune out and you're just you're just You're writing, writing, or like yeah. what
0: my handwriting looks like normally. But, right. um, mine too. But no, there's th- that was the thing that like blew my mind. Where, like, she, first of all, she doesn't write, she misses vowels at yep. first. She, she's like, you
1: know, um, I S T.
0: Yeah, I S T L. She misses vowels, and then as she progresses, letters become other letters. Like an L becomes an E, e. Yep. becomes an X, becomes an, and then the S becomes the cap of the T. Like it's all really, it's all really subtle. It's just, and you know, you know, it's a hand actor. You know, it's not her, right? But. Like I had mad props for that. The hand actor who did that like way to fucking go because that that turning letters into other letters and keeping things connected. You're not removing the pen and this.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a subtle touch. And it's the only thing that's there for a moment. But I think. It's a that's, little detail
0: yeah. that when you see it, you're like, if you're, you're like, watching, you're like, yeah, yeah, because it could have been like the shaky, the shaky like, hand thing. That's what oh, I was like.
1: I can't. Like, oh, you're tearing why? into the paper because you're being it's, forced. Not, it's, it's not. It's,
0: it's almost like, and she's not looking at the. She won't read it.
1: Nope. She looks. She doesn't read. Or does, does she? She does, and then she crumples
0: the paper. That's up. right. But like you know, like the, it's the way that you'd write, if you're. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's an awesome little. So detail. that's
1: one of the. the the things that maybe I don't care about the movie that takes away some of the. It's the white noise stuff that they do, like the her her being able to hear him uh, yeah. for real, like when he's there. When he touches her at the I, grave I, and she I, screams. I don't really care. F- for that,
0: well, it's because they're soulmates. I,
1: it's yeah, that wouldn't happen, that wouldn't for happen other with people. like if, if I couldn't do that to you, right? Or whatever. I'm
0: sitting here podcasting
1: alone, just saying, right.
0: like, Gus Van Sant is not a hack, <laughs> right. Gus Van
1: Sant is not a hack, but because they're soulmates, that's why there's you that get connection. Close and you're like, it's not
0: your fault, Max. It's not your fault, <laughs> and he is a hack. <laughs> and
1: I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, I guess that makes more sense, then, because they are soulmates, and that would be a thing that could happen.
0: Yeah. Um, Cuba Gurning Jr. made me cry, like, all the time. The whole time. Like, every... All the crying? That was Was from Cuba?
1: Me Yep. Well... Absolutely.
0: He he says something to Robin Williams at one point, which I think is the most... Well, when he found
1: out his mom... When he find, the
0: way he says that there's a particular line Did you write it down? Uh, I did I, I think you may have I didn't he, writes, he walks up to him and he says We're going to go through something very hard right now I'm with you you are not alone That's the line and Like what An amazingly thoughtful
2: mm-hmm.
0: Measured and
1: mature Way to tackle a difficult subject Which is like it's like what we were saying in last episode about awakening. Is like preparing somebody for something. Yeah. This is the way you do that,
0: right? If you're gonna not like
1: let's sit not down, this, this is gonna way. be hard. Like it's gonna be, okay, but this is the way you do that.
0: Well, yeah, you can you can coddle. And what I like about this is he doesn't coddle. He, not basically, he says we're this gonna, is gonna be really fucking. He says hard. we're gonna do something very. We're gonna go through something very hard right now. That's such a beautiful, well written line, we, and what an amazing sentence. We we. Together are going to go through something which is going to fucking suck. Yes, this is going to be the hard, like the hardest thing you can imagine, and it's only going to get worse. And then I love that he says, "I'm with you. You're not alone." Mm-hmm. Like, and then right off, then he goes for it. He's like, "You know, Anne's dead. Yeah, Anne has died," and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "He, he she doesn't killed let herself. up. She killed herself." Okay, now. It's out. Now it's out. Now we're now going. Now we have to fix this. Now we're going through the thing. So yep. go. I'm I'm ready. Because I'm under here comes some questions. Here's some other shit. Let me. And then he answers some questions where he's like you're never going to see her. He Doesn't like well the thing is you and see. And you are
1: never going to see her again.
0: Well he goes when do I get to see her? And she goes. Never. He goes never. You never get to see her.
1: And he says it and he's like next. And he's like Holding him,
0: he's, he's this, holding
2: himself
1: together. It's his, it's,
2: it's her being son. He's strong for his dad, yeah. which
1: is interesting because that's what he always wanted to be in life. Because we don't know that it's his son yet. Yet. No.
0: <laughs> I eventually thought Max Van Siddow was his son yeah. because he read slow. I'm like, oh, his kid oh, was his bad at school. bad at school. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I love that where he's like, he doesn't say like, now listen, there's some things you need to understand. He's just like he answers the question. Yep. You never get to see her. You never get to see her. Now, Chris, I under- you never get to see now her. Now here again. it comes. You're gonna have another question, and you're gonna be mad. And he goes, he goes like, people who go to hell go to different places, and that's when you get that line. You know, I never get to see her because suicides go to hell. Where's the judgment in that? You know, because that's this, mad. that's the important okay. Sandman connection, which is there are no sins, judges, or juries here.
1: How is this right?
0: Yeah. He's yeah. like, there are no, you know. He's like, no one's being judged. She did. She is doing this because of the nature of how she died. This is not, you know, God
1: or like. It's fate. her doing it to herself. This is
0: her. And he's like, I'm trying to help you understand this. And then even when he gets attacked, like when Robin Williams grabs and shoves and attacks him, he is still there with him. And he's yep. like, and he matches his energy. He gets, he yells back. At yes, him. he does. <laughs> but he, but he, in a weird, in a beautiful way they do end up working through it together mm-hmm. when he's like no one has ever seen a suicide come you've back. never seen says, me buckle any... up chief Yeah, buck... ain't seen nothing oh, yet. Fuck
1: yes for some reason anytime robin williams call robin williams refers to anybody as chief, chief i get just like oh I get fucking all kinds of excited <laughs> i was like
0: oh he chiefed him well when it's when it's <laughs> the, the one that got me was you ain't seen nothing yet which is like I'm not I, I ain't never, fucking Never I will never stop Yep Ever Oh god But <laughs> And it's the, Again though This is Oh fuck You know what it is It's that awakenings thing Ugh. Don't give up on me Yeah It is It's mm. don't give up on me And then later He She whispers That's the you know, you told me the one thing I must always remember. Yeah. And he goes, "What is it?" And she goes, "I forgot." And it's like that little yeah. fun moment <laughs> between them. And then yeah. he lays his head in her lap, and she says, she leans down and whispers, "Never give up." Yeah, and that's like that perseverance thing. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. So, um, the there's another great line immediately after it when he is trying to get when Robin Williams is trying to grasp what hell is. And Cuba Gooding Jr. goes, "The real hell is a life gone wrong," and you're like, "Oh!" oh. It puts a really interesting perspective on what because if you're does. if you're
1: if you're bringing it with you, yeah, when you die and you paint your own, if you've gone wrong, the hell yeah.
0: the hell she lives in it's is a perfect house. portrait of what depression is, mm-hmm. which is a gray world. Like she and with nothing coming into it either like this weird secluded cyst world because she says oh the water pressure in this neighborhood is really bad and there's no water and there's no heat and there's no electricity she has nothing coming in she's just in this gray dust and the things this
1: sort of resembles her home and but.
0: The, the other important distinction there is when she talks about other things missing the books I want to read and the art that I need to finish and the art that I love the things she loves and enjoys are gone even if they're there in the house they're gone they're gone that's depression fuck yeah and she's a she died in a suicidal depression it's one of the most haunting metaphors for de, for depression and suicide i've ever seen which is the things that you love are just curiously absent there's no color it's this gray cut off place that you can't leave it's 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 fucking hard to watch yes it's really hard, and that's the end of his journey to hell. And there's some stuff in hell that I want to watch, but since we're talking, we can we can. That's what they're talking about is mm-hmm. what what her hell. What is. What her hell is. Yeah, and I think in the end, for me as a viewer, because uh, we've talked about it before, films are you know it's like wine tasting. It's really subjective. Absolutely. Her hell. For me, watching this movie, hell is depression.
1: Yeah, it's it's clearly. Yeah. Um, and that was the source of her taking her own life was was deep 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 depression.
0: On a funner note? Yeah. Max von Sydow as a cowboy is <laughs> like the best thing ever. Can we can we agree on that? We can. Like he, he all but goes like
1: full on saddle like, up saddle up uh, your six gun. Uh, that's, that's very Sean Connery. <laughs> I can't like, Shuttle up your six guns. You're going to go to an adventure, Well, listen. Listen. Listen, Robin.
0: (laughs) I'm going to need you to shuttle up your six gun and quit being such a fucking Stop being a pushy. (laughs) Pushy galore. Stop being so pushy. (laughs) Pull my gold finger. (laughs) (laughs) Max von said he's got, he has like, like he's like, He's Christopher Lee with the barest, barest touch of Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a Max von Sydow impression.
1: I'm, I'm going to work someday. it. Because I have a... Because <laughs> he does have like, it's like, a, it's, like it's, talk, it's like
0: talking from the back of his up now you're up, now you're Robert De Niro waking up from a, uh,
2: from
0: a catatonia, <laughs> but yeah no man he's got such a great voice when we while well, we oh uh, snap ha- your neck like a trick. we're gonna have at least one more shot at it because we're doing The Exorcist in December uh, we
1: are too <laughs>
0: fuck yes so I uh, like when I when I saw. Robin Williams is heaven. I had an emotional response to it because it was like that thing that he loved. Mm-hmm. Heaven is the thing that you love. I love that idea. But when I saw Max Van- von Sydow floating at the top and of the like to- giant the black fucking hat and the... reading a book, yeah, I don't even care what he's wearing. Huge I'm- fucking book. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a slow reader. I- and the fact that he says people tell me I'm a slow reader, and there's a hundred billion books, and you get the sense that he's like, well, I have forever. Yeah. So I guess I'll just read these one at a time forever. Until yeah. I read all I the books. I'm so like much. I'm like that's where I want to.
1: I got like a nerd boner. I'm like
0: dude, if I woke up, if I woke up like in front of a library like Dewey Decimal system card catalog?
1: Yeah.
0: After I die? Like I like, like oh I die and I woke up and it's just you like You have
1: all the time.
0: All cuz I am a
1: Time slow doesn't exist. Me too. Reader.
0: I just finished Gun Machine by Warren Ellis And It took me 2 weeks and I read that book like 3 hours a day. Two yeah. weeks for like a 300
1: page. That it's sort of embarrassing slow. how slow a reader I am. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Um.
0: Anyways, I'm almost out of notes for this, yeah, which is interesting. No,
1: it's okay. Um, we've I think like we've covered a lot of the because what this movie is is more it's of a, a concept, it's a concept type, type of film. Yeah,
0: this is very Jarmish.
1: Which I love way. about it.
0: There's two fucks in a PG-13. Were there two? There are two fucks in this movie
1: and i, I the, thought one was like the rule i guess it's not actually in I, a rule book anywhere no but it's like the understood one fuck is all you get yeah and yeah. you can show tits for a hot second you get
0: one fuck in a pg-13 and you get a flash of titties and i don't think you get both you get no, one or one the boob. other and there's two fucks in this and i was like well Spaceballs is i think pg yeah My copy of Spaceballs is PG
1: And it has fuck in it And says, it has Oh fuck Yeah when they're fuck, crashing even in the
0: future Nothing works Right yeah Yeah But in this movie There's two fucks And I'm like <gasps>
1: A lot of it has to do with the context of the fuck being used. If you say I'm gonna fuck her in the ass, that's an R. <laughs> do you think you could get that away with one fucking a PG-13 if it wasn't <laughs> was that context? In I'm gonna not. fuck you inside. But out. if it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna They're, I'm gonna prolapse your anus. But the rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it is just like Disney film. Right? <laughs> They're this like, is I like, guess we, gotta, we let gotta let that ride. We, we gotta, gotta PG-13. let it. a really weird choice. Five minutes in. There's no other profanity at the, all. No, it's very wholesome. It turns into a cartoon, and it's
0: incidental dialogue in the background. Right, where the, the this is yeah, it's a it's secondary like a walk- conversation.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna fuck her in the ass. It's just like, okay. <laughs> It's like construction workers on a site and the main character's walking it's, past it. Yeah, and exactly. You hear it in the background. Yeah, that's when I go home He's with.
0: on his way yeah. to the school for, like, you know, like handicapped children. Right. And there's that one kid. And then one of the construction workers is just like, you know, I got to tell you, man, I was just talking to a bus. Fuck that guy to death. <laughs> Fuck him and to you're... death in his stupid ass. <laughs> It's just And, and that's then, it And then yeah He gets to the school And he's like And you can do anything Timmy if you put your mind <laughs> right. And then the rating Commission the commission. Why is this like, movie Handy capable Rated R <laughs> Wait a minute Why did Can we talk to the director Why did right. you Why did you, you, include, you that? include that Did it's you Very weird choice Did you just Like did you forget To cut it He's like no, no 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 It's the thesis of the film Right Think about it Think about it Think about it let School it, Let it Kids School. Handicapped. Kids. Handicapped Handicapped Fuck him to death uh we're gonna rate this R. It's <laughs> just <laughs> gonna be I wanna rate it more harshly. I wanna more, more <laughs> if harshly. I if I could rate it could rate NC seventeen, <laughs> I would. I think what you're doing here is a massive mistake and I hope it's the end of your career. Yeah, yeah. People never understand. Art. People never.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: people never understand art. <laughs> Um,
1: um, but I think because of the context of the fuck being used Yeah Because it's I think what's the first fuck is Don't you fucking tell me what I can't do Or something where is it Robin Williams is, is being Like I'm going to save her And don't you fucking tell I mean, me that's I can't the second one. That is the second one I
0: can't remember what the first one is Cause I, I just I heard it and I was like oh there's the one fuck for a PG-13 mm-hmm. And then the second one was when he's like don't you fuck You know like don't you fucking tell me what I can and can't right. do Right And
1: you're like uh excuse me Right Hell is terrifying. Yes, it is. I don't like it. I like scary movies. I like weird shit. This hell bothers this me. This is a really... The faces am- in the, faces the, in in the, the ground. ground. Fuck with me, hardcore dude. The faces in the ground. And of one of them is his horrifying. dad. Da- is it his dad? I don't... He calls him son, and he says dad. Papa? Papa? And then he goes, you're not my... My, whatever his name is My, like, my
0: you're, Christopher you're my, my Chris, Yeah, my Christopher Oh, well, he will come someday They yeah. always do And you're like, oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Hell has its own logic And mm-hmm. we don't really learn much about it Which makes it scarier Yeah That, I mean, the 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 pale bodies coming out of I think it's the, supposed to be like the river sticks yeah it is, is I, I take it as sticks and so,
1: the, the the lost souls and the bodies of the are right. in that river
0: there's a lot of beautiful underwater photography in this yes, movie there is. and seeing the bodies under the the wave like under the the water. Pouring up and like the hands, the sheer number of like grasping hands and like blank, desperate faces. That scene is really terrifying. And then they get pulled into the water mm-hmm. with all those
1: people. Th- that boat doesn't last long.
0: No, and you're almost like, I wanted to fucking throw up. Yep. And then Max von Siddow is standing on the beach surrounded by like these like. Uh, uh, and what, what the bodies that
1: have been washed ashore.
0: When they get to the gates of hell, which is all shipwrecks, which is even more for whatever reason, yep. the shipwreck element of it fucks with me.
1: Yeah, one's named Cerberus.
0: Yeah, the Guardian. Yeah. Um so the the like the, the demon people or whatever, like with the things, that didn't That's scare not so bad. No, no, no it's no. the
1: shipwrecks. What, it's the bodies in the water, it's the what faces in the yeah. is
0: for that part when they're at the shipwrecks, is the bodies laying around on the ground. Because everyone's dead here. Yep. These are just people who have been so exhausted by their experience in hell that they're laying motionless without any will. They're still, if we there. understand it, they're still there. They're still cognizant. These are just like husk people who are like, well, I guess I'll just lay here for twenty thousand years. Mm-hmm. God, that's terrifying. Those are not dead bodies on the ground. No, they are. Those are those damned are souls that just don't have anything else to give and so lay completely motionless, that is scattered around, That scared me a lot. Then they take the elevator to the plane of faces. God damn it. It's one of the most disturbing visual images ever. It's a field of faces and it looks like cobblestones because there's so many faces. They're side also by close side. together.
1: So to yeah. get to his wife, Robin Williams That's has to step on walk all across the this fuck, field dude. of faces. And he's trying so hard not to, but there's nowhere else to step. Uh uh-uh. There isn't. It's.
0: It's oh my god! It's really really creepy. It's impossible to describe how creepy. The ground is paved with face. It's like little faces coming up like like a the head of a rock,
1: mm-hmm. like but the head of a cobblestone. Yeah,
0: thousands of them. And what the the bits that we see, there's a lot of faces in the you know like I'm assuming that what they did was there's
1: like, like one for every. I was watching a little bit of the special features, and there's like one face for every like five or six. So a lot of it is. Just plaster of Paris and plaster. like really really good, incredible work. Yeah, it looks. I I but there's just enough. I thought it was way to more have, than that. No, it is. There's not a whole lot. There there's maybe twelve people really? total. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Shit. All in and in the I thought There was it's, just
0: like a path of a few not real faces. That's no, how good it's that a, scene it's is. It's a lot.
1: It's a lot of not real.
0: I thought Okay well I mean Bravo Massive props yeah. To the, to the uh, Set design people yeah. Then because I thought I Well thought they were having Problems with really
1: getting it To work with people Because it's incredibly Uncomfortable for the Actors to be in there Because they can't move Once they're in that Position Yeah So they're like We can't there's no way to do. It. We have to have very few people in that position, right? And then we're just gonna have to make it the rest like just gotcha. fake and like marionetted too. So there's some of them are just oh, hands okay, okay. with like. So yeah.
0: some of them are are articulated. Yeah, they're being articulated, they're right? Fit,
1: puppet type. Yeah, things.
0: exactly. So there's a creepier aspect to this, which is when he thinks he sees his wife's face. Oh yes. And falls through the ground. We see b- several bodies fall with him. And it's a cavern, which means that these people are, in the world of the film, hanging by their faces. Hanging by their faces, yes. Their body is below. Mm-hmm. They're hanging. Their they're not,
1: like, yeah, they're not disembodied faces. No. They're attached to the rest of them.
0: Yeah. And the rest of them is like hanging in open air, like roots. Can you imagine just hanging by like your nope. head? For eternity, because nope. when he falls through, some bodies all the bodies fall, the, bottles they fall, they, the bodies fall with him, yeah. Crash, but the fact that those bodies are there, hanging by their necks, knowing that when I watched the scene, you think back on it, and then you imagine that forest of bodies
1: underneath under the surface, it's it's your, oh my, my skin God. is crawling right now. Oh, and it kind of is, like, makes me sick to my stomach.
0: It's absolutely horrifying. That that is one of the best. I would say that's
1: one of the most powerful moments of the oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. And then, and that's one moment that stuck with me from watching it years ago. Right, is the, the sea of faces like just? Blah.
0: I didn't. I mean, basically, we're almost to that. What we get, we eventually get a happy ending. And yes, we. The do. happy ending is interesting, but I wanted to talk about. Um, so Robin Williams goes in and Max von Sydow's like, look, I'm going to give you three minutes because if you're in there any longer than three minutes... Your brain's going to your explode brain's you're going to be explode, You're going to go crazy and you're going to have to live
1: here forever. It's going to overtake you. So
0: he goes in there and he does his best. And his best is pretty damn good. It's real he good. He like kind of gets her a little bit... And then the horror... The, the moment where horror starts for me Is when she's remembering her wedding And he's like He's like Oh it's you Christy Hey What's up I recognize you And he pulls her veil back And she flashes We flash back to hell for a second And he's pulling this black veil up And it's him And her face is so blank The, the thing is She doesn't remember him
1: yeah, she, she can't recognize. She him. She can't
0: recognize him because she's trapped in her. I'm going to say none it, of the things she loves yeah. are there. Like yeah, none. Yeah, she can't access. She has no access, access to, the, to things the things that, she, that loves. she loves. Yes, she's cut off from it, and that's her hell. But when he says in the church, the the man, the man in the what's it? He says he says something like the man in the room is me. Yes and she's looking in his face in her memory and she's like yes and then in the world she's like no and that dissonance where he's like you're looking at me right now remember my face the man in the room is me and then when she we get back to her and her in hell she's like no, no. the dissonance between that i'm just it's like oh it's mm-hmm. it really it hurts it hurts it does it hurts. it's
1: painful the
0: moment he walks through into her and tries to start, when he starts trying to save her from then until we, he wakes up back in his heaven with her, spoilers, um, Is that is painful to watch.
1: Like, well, because he leaves at one point, his three minutes are up, and you think he's going to give up on right, her because he leaves. Really quick, right before yeah, he leaves.
0: Uh, Max von Sydow has been telling him this whole time, like, I'm not bringing you here to save her. I'm bringing you here. you say goodbye. You say the things that you want to say. Like I'm sorry what you're sorry for and that you love her and say goodbye and then you leave. You might want to try and save her but I'm telling you that's what you're doing in there. Is you're going to go and say the things you need to say and you're going to leave. So he kneels next to her. And he starts saying the things and he starts thanking her for things. Mm -hmm. And uh, only lovers left alive awakenings to this. The things from his life that he thanks her for are books. Which think about that. Yeah. <laughs> when you're reading books, you're not. That's not like we're wrapped in each other's arms on top of a waterfall. That's the quiet moments of marriage where you're on one couch and she's on the other, and you're both reading books and you're sharing space. Mm-hmm. And it, he's thanking her for sharing a, the small moments. And of the for life their together. arguments. He, I books naps another thing where you are just sharing space with somebody and nothing else you're not talking
2: you're not you're just there
0: napping thanks her for naps kisses and fights boy we had Mm. some great
1: ones fights not arguments that's a that's uh yeah he says he says fights um
0: and a fight is a struggle sort of which Mm -hmm. is you know but but the fact that what he thanks her for isn't like and, you know, like some broad sweeping declaration of like a life of love. Yeah. What he hinges on is the details, just like we've with, these with other the other two movies. movies yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's those are the things that make up a, a life worth living. Yes. And that's what he thanks her for. And then he walks out and Max von said, I was like, fucking told you, brah. Yep. Or he goes, um, I fucking
1: told I you, you brah. You. I told you, brah. Bro. You cannot do it, <laughs> This is Max <my> Fonson <laughs> What are you doing, Christy? I am blessed to be black. Chris, what are you doing? Like, Oh, I thought you were
0: going like Italian priest. I'm always doing Christy, what are you doing, Christy? Hey,
1: Christy, what are you doing? Yeah,
0: but he goes... He has a great voice. It's like John it Goodman. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to I, do an impression no. of John Goodman. I don't think... Max,
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Not possible. That was horrible. Yeah, it was. What?
0: John Goodman and Max von Sydow now are on the list of impossible impressions. Because their voices are just to them. Yes. Anyway... Um. So he thanks her for that stuff. He comes outside. He walks up to Max von Sydow and is like, "I'm giving up." Max von Sydow's like, "Yeah, yeah I, know. I-, I said you were yeah. gonna do that, and he goes, "But not the way you think." Tell my children I love them.
1: I can't leave. Can't her Can't leave her. Which is important because that was what the whole double D thing was all about. The double D. You thing. could never. She was. She was he upset because he left her once. He left her. He he didn't
2: leave her. She, leave her. She,
1: no, he didn't but he left her she he couldn't join her in the asylum she's
0: yeah she's in an asylum she's tried she's got scars on her arms we know she's tried to kill herself um after the death of her children she's lost her mind and he can he keeps showing up she talks about divorce he's like i think this is it i think we're done so he shows up and he with divorce papers divorce papers and a one-way ticket are they somewhere else or is the one-way ticket the divorce uh, i
1: is think this is the same time
0: is it? Does he have it? Is he actually? I think the divorce is a, is the divorce papers are a metaphorical ticket. I don't think it's a plane ticket. Oh yeah. Okay. When I first watched the movie, I thought, it was I thought a they ticket, were like ticket. in Switzerland in a mental thing, and he was flying home.
1: Oh, gotcha you. No, but I think this I is think, like the ticket out. Yeah, this yeah. is
0: the this is a one way ticket. Once these papers are signed, I'm gone. gone. I think yeah,
2: that's the. This I is think the it's metaphor. yeah. So
0: it's, he brings divorce papers to her, and he's like, "Look, I'm, I'm sorry." You know I'm sorry that I She asks him when they first meet in the The asylum she's like Why didn't you go crazy too when your Children died and he's like I just that's just Not my wasn't my response to it my response Was to try and be strong and to withdraw and I'm Sorry I left you alone to go mad on
1: On your own I didn't go mad with you Yeah
0: which is interesting because that Ends up being hell for her yep but he Goes um he He hands her the papers And says I'm sorry I Couldn't join you and then he says, "Don't give up," and stands up to leave. And she catches his aunt hand, and she kisses his hand, and she rips up the divorce papers. And basically, she doesn't give up. She's like, "Let's keep fighting. Let's keep, fighting. Let's keep living." Yep. And she chooses life because he. And that's he their says, double D day. Double yeah. D day, which was decision and divorce, It's yep. the two Ds. So they were having a, a double D anniversary, and which she, is when he died. Yes, yeah. which is when he died. It was on that anniversary. <laughs> Super, which she feels guilty for. So anyway. He comes in, and so he left her once and was unwilling to join her in her madness. So, for eternity now, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I'm going to join you. I'm going to join you in eternal (sighs) madness. Not like, I'm really sad our kids are dead. He's like, in a minute, I won't know who you are. You won't know me. But we'll be together. Yep. That's, so he... He gives he gives up heaven, and that's his thing. Is like it takes a special kind of woman to make a guy want to give up heaven just to
1: ha- t- just to hang out, to with go you. to
0: hell to hang around you. Yeah. So he.
1: That's amazing
0: line. It's dude. incredible. The end of the movie is per this this the movie the emotional journey this movie takes you on is just really really well handled. Yep.
1: Yeah. And by way of score, yeah. I gave the score last week. Shit with Randy Newman. This score, Michael great. Kamen that's the difference and I wrote it down is uh, so the difference between a good score and a bad score is like, oh my gosh, where did I It's the difference between supporting the emotion that you're that you're trying to to feel. Mm-hmm. Michael Kamen supports it all where someone like Randy Newman is just giving is informing you that this is how you have to feel. Gotcha. difference between supporting the and, and informing, right right. Like, so that's the difference Michael scene is a sad
2: scene. Right where
1: Michael Kamen's score comes in Is just bolstering everything You're already there emotionally yeah. But the score is there to support it there, And to, to to almost push you Further there are In moments, the support of it where Randy Newman is like You're supposed to feel sad now Feel sad now The, the score
0: works with the movie yes. Rather than independently from the yeah, movie Um. Yeah. So there was one thing I wanted to talk about or with this score. There are moments of this score that remind me not not like exactly, but in, in season zero we talked about um there will be blood. Yes. Johnny Greenwood's mm-hmm. score. Fuck. Yeah. There are moments in here that remind me of Johnny mm-hmm. Greenwood's score where there's just like you're like, Why are oh, there's off notes in there, but this scene's supposed to be happy and it creates like an undercurrent of emotion that will bleed into the next
1: scene. That's the, the the genius of Michael Kamen. He's one of my favorite. You have Danny Elfman, John Williams, of course, the greats, and then you have like sure. Michael Kamen. So Michael Kamen is so genius in what he can do with a score. He's the only person that could ever take the ode to joy and turn it into an, an action film film. Uh, moment where does he do this? so die he wrote the score for die hard oh okay so it's all over the score for die hard right yeah yeah i remember like in the trailer of course it's the trailer song but but again it's like he's doing a score for an action movie but it's not like action action shoot shoot bang bang doo. it's this like you know what you just did you just did
0: hans zimmer everything
1: he does now
0: <laughs> and then, or there's that Hans Zimmer, and then there's
1: <laughs>
0: although come on, they score to Inception was so fucking. I love round breaking. Yeah. All right, but that's the difference. I wanted to ask you this. Yes, of all the films we've done, including season zero, what is the best score for me? It's either Bronson or from season zero. From from all the from shows, Oliver? everything so far, just off the top of your head. Because right now, I think it's either Bronson or Only Lovers Left Alive. Or no, yes, yeah. I think Only Lovers Left Alive is my pick for best score. Fuck. Did I just break your head? We'll do it during the shootout. Get back on the Sorry. mic. Sorry. <laughs> okay. We'll do it during the shootout, yeah, but fine. I want to consider that. Yeah. Because I don't. Scores are so important. Scores are important. Um, I was thinking it'd be cool to do a Patreon, by the way. Do we have anything else to say about the movie? I don't think I do. I don't. Do. No. The no. end is about as cute as you imagine the end was going to be.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those tags at the end. It's like, is it, would you consider it like a Dana no or more of just so this is the end of the.
0: Uh, yeah, it feels like there's a there's a criticism that some people lob at Stephen King from time to time, which is he never knows how to
1: end a book. Mm-hmm. This move, the end of this movie. Kind of I would prefer to have left them in paradise and maybe eventually they, you know what I mean? Because like we can be here as, because they say it, let's, let's hang out here for as long we have eternity to hang out in this heaven. Let's do that. And then let's go back and find each other again. Right. And she's like, well, how will we find each other? And he says, well, I found you in hell. I think I can find you in Jersey. Right. It's a cool- And if you would have gone to like a whitewash and then title cards up at the end or the roll credits, I would have been like. Yeah. Awesome but then they don't do that You see the, the two kids, kids finding thing. each liked, other With a sandwich and shit and I don't Care for it's it it's a
0: little too on the
1: nose It's very much um, like oh they're in the air They found each other's kids and you just you stole
2: when I was, You stole it from the imagination, me, yeah. yeah,
0: When I was watching it the, this morning I didn't have a problem with it really I was just like Oh look it's the boats and it's yeah. the same And then the sandwich and then it's their It's their love yeah. story playing out on a, Like the New Jersey shoreline basically yeah. And you're like oh that's kind of fun but you're right You're right I think you stole know, the
1: imagination if you had ended on me.
0: I found you in hell I think I, think I could I find, find you in, you in Jersey. Jersey and then
1: they kiss and then you go to white and then the credits come up.
0: Or you know what? Give me a give me a kiss and then show me a wide of of that beautiful that painting, painting. And then And then that's it. Roll the credits over the painting. Yep. <laughs> come on.
1: There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> um so yeah, I have nothing else for this movie. I'm a I really really liked it. I'm glad we watched it again. Um, I told Bird Bird was originally going to watch this with us and do the episode with us, but um it just didn't work out. So no, fair enough. but I'm planning on hopefully watching it again in the next like week or so yeah. just to show because my wife is an artist and especially I think she would this, really appreciate yeah, this. There's a lot going on here for 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 someone of an artistic leaning bent. Bent bent, An artistic bent An artistic bent Sounds right to me Perfect We are a listener supported podcast Uh, If you like what we do And think our conversations are cool You can head on over to Patreon.com Slash Max Peterson And hear more of them Uh, Over on Patreon We've got our uh, Now infamous Season zero Seven Full episodes Seven R- shit. Really cool episodes including yeah. the Uh alluded to Bronson and there Will be blood yeah
1: ghostbusters is weird That's a weird by episode by the way <laughs> that's a really Weird episode yeah I kind of dig It but what the fuck were we talking we about we were all right? over The yeah. board I cut it as
0: best I could it's like
1: 38 minutes long <laughs> yeah. I remember talking for like Two, <laughs> two hours, hours 38 minutes <laughs> Most of it's literally. just nonsense
0: yeah. yeah So I had to trim the shit out of it um So, so you can head over there you get shout outs on the show bone we do f- Full length bonus episodes mm-hmm. For movies that uh either just don't fit somewhere in season one or movies that might... Be bad <laughs> Yes uh, The first we've, We have two full series up right now yep. Over on Patreon We've got uh, all four I Spit on Your Grave films Which was a great conversation Yes And we just recently did Both House of Wax movies So thrill to Vincent Price And laugh as Paris Hilton dies <laughs> <laughs> Exactly
1: um, And we usually have special guests in On the Patreon exclusives So yes. Bird is with us During the Spit, I on, Spit your Graves, on Your Graves," And then Bird and Danielle Are on the our, House of Wax Our mutual significant others. So not
0: sure who we're going to get for our next one, which right. the, I think next is Rocky.
1: It is Rocky. Yeah. All of them. All uh, of I, them. I was thinking Straight of, through of Creed, baby. doing, because um, I was talking to the infamous Connor Sweeney about yeah. Rocky. Sure. And he wants to do like one of them. Okay. Okay. So maybe what if we pick the worst one for him? That would be fucking. Which would be five, the Tommy Gunn one. That is a terrible film. It's not even a good move. This is no. horrible across the board. Everything
0: about it is bad. Let's get him on that one.
1: Let's get him. But I would like to. I think that we we uh we have a special guest for each one, and they maybe are different people. That's a oh wow, that's a great idea. And yeah. there's
0: enough movies too that we could get lots of different people in. Yeah, there's China like eight
1: in. or whatever. Eighty, eighty, eighty is what meant to say. Eighty-nine Rocky Rocky movies, movies. right? So that is something that we're working on for September. Uh, We're gonna split them up into September, October, right? right. Wait, we might actually
0: have to even do. We might have to revisit it because I wanted to do some horror movies for October. Yeah, yep. Um, but we could do like September, November, and then. January. Awesome. We'll have to split it up. There's, That's a, lot there's a lot of Rocky. There's a, but lot, there's of a Rocky. lot of Rocky
1: coming. There's going to be some Guillermo del Toro. There's, gonna On the way. there's some going to be horror. We got some horror. We got some remakes.
2: Yeah.
0: So in October, we're going to be talking. one. Uh, two of the movies we're talking about have modern remakes. We're going to do the modern remakes for Patreon. For Patreon. Right. So uh, speaking of Patreon and patronage, we've got some patrons we got to thank. John Shiby, Casey Shiby, as always, our OG supporters, Thank you so much. We love, love. really, really appreciate. Send. A lot I can't
1: wait. Up. I want to meet these people someday. Yeah. Well, Even via Skype or FaceTime.
0: V- Skype and FaceTime. Those I are like modern that. things. Well, why don't you just come on a trip to New York? You meet. Oh my and Bird god, that would go be amazing.
1: And... Yes. Is that where the is that is that where the Tenth Avenue bus runs southbound with the, the hot dog across the 96 <laughs> Bridge? Let's not go down that rabbit no. hole again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's better if we don't. <laughs> I'm sure there's. Uh, but no, fury. let's do
1: that. Let's do the New York trip. I like it. I'm in. Fucking Next done. Year. Yeah. Sold. Awesome. Sold.
0: Okay. Um. We got to thank, what's that fucking guy's name?
1: Oh, uh, we fucking, mentioned him earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, Craig. Craig? M- Craig, Craig, McNeilson? Craig. Craig McNeilson. McNeilson. Craig McNeilson? Craig McNeilson. Is that his name? He farms assholes. He's the asshole farmer. Yes. G- yeah. In that he grows them, not farms out of them.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah, you grow, but they're like potatoes. I've yeah. always it's like potatoes and pumpkins that yes. grow under the ground. Under the
1: ground, they're like a tuber.
0: Right, and it's, like it's a potato. honestly it's important work that Craig Nielsen does because if it wasn't for asshole farmers like him, there would be no Jersey Shore, and, yeah. and none of us would be able to poop.
1: Nope, and we wouldn't know how to deal with opinions. That's true. Which is just to be an
0: asshole. Yes. Right. And then everyone gets one. Everyone gets one. Some people are one. Mhm. So really he's like almost a godlike figure. He literally Oh, Connor Sweeney. Oh shit. He does he's not an asshole farmer at all. No. No, 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 no. He's a bag lady. That's right. Yeah. Where he grows bags. <laughs> at a convent surrounded by ladies Right right he's the gardener at a lady convent That's why I was
1: confused because it's right next door To the asshole farm
0: right yeah I knew he was A farmer of some sort yes I'm glad we got it Sorted God out
1: dang it there's it, not even McNeilson that supports no, the show No no, no I mean if fuck? you'd like to
0: support the show
1: Craig he, surely, Nielsen, he certainly can he's, he's got all that asshole Okay. He's got, he's got all that but asshole yeah, money so just floating around. Connor
0: Sweeney at the convent. I don't know how we're going to have him on the show since he took the vow of silence. He did.
1: Well, he can scratch. Sc-
0: yeah, we'll get some good scratch input. Yeah. I'll mic the table.
1: I think that the vow of silence does not include like muttering. So he could. Mur- he could murmur. He could murmur. So
0: he could Harrison Ford it. Hmm.
1: He could. He could definitely Harrison Ford it. There's a million Rocky. Rocky. <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, honestly, I've always been a huge fan. When I when I go and buy bags, I like to buy local. I get them from Oh, Connor actually, Sweeney. Connor's bags. He's got paper. He's got plastic. He's even got canvas for those eco-conscious. <laughs> There's people. not a
1: single sack from Connor that I
0: haven't enjoyed. I've I do love a good Connor I love Connor sacks. Yep. Connor's, <laughs> you know, you're holding <laughs> Connor's sack when you're it's in your head. it's in your head? You, There's nothing you know quite Connor like Connor's sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the tail of that of let's that,
1: thank I'd also like to thank Danielle Pelshaw for your continued support of not only this show but of, of your emotional my emotional health. integrity <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for touching my peppy
0: <laughs> well. well There it is folks <laughs> well. Hot takes from car. And by hot I mean penthouse forum <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit <laughs>
1: uh, Yeah
0: <sighs> Funny so look, thing happened
1: on the way <laughs> To our Patreon shout outs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carl's mind slipped out of Connor's sack and into the gutter. <laughs>
1: sure did. Popped right out of Connor's sack. <laughs>